Hey guys, on today's episode of the John Campia Show, a uh, Cocaine Bear trailer just dropped, which is amazing. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers new trailer also just dropped. Paul Walker's uh, anniversary of his death is today. Vin Diesel paid tribute to him. We are talking about what big announcements could come out from DC and Marvel at the Brazilian Comic Con. We are talking about the first couple of episodes of Willow, Samuel Jackson smacks back at uh, Quentin Tarantino. There's so much stuff to cover today. The John Campia Show starts right now. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, brought to you in part by Mint Mobile, the John Campy Show, coming to you from right here on our YouTube channel. I am, of course, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good stuff. Full house here today, we got Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Right beside him, Chris Carr is here joining us. Sitting back there, of course, is Ray Ora. Beside him, we gotta get the brightness on his camera pics, by the way. Sitting right beside him is Jonathan Boyko, and right beside him, of course, is Taylor Gonzalez, and most importantly, you guys are here. Thank you so much for making this show part of your day. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it into two parts. In the first part of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. And in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. If you've got a comment, question, theory, opinion, observation that you'd like us to read and address on the show, two things. Number one, you got to be watching live. But number two, when we get to the end of the main topics, we'll announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. We only leave them open for just a couple of minutes. But when we do, that'll be your chance to fire in those thoughts, theories, and questions, and we will address those in the second half of the show. All right, guys, listen, we got a lot of stuff to cover here today, so we're going to dive right into it with a couple of off the tops, and the first one is this. Today, I, I still couldn't believe this when I saw the number. Today is the ninth anniversary of the passing of Paul Walker, and we have the, you know, we've obviously we've got Fast 10 coming and is on the way and, and all that kind of stuff. So now's the time. And, you know, according uh, online, it's showing that Vin Diesel jumped on social media uh, today and just put out a, a really nice touching tribute uh, picture of him and Paul Walker together uh, leaning against the white sports car. If you scroll down just a little bit from there, Jonathan, you'll see it. And uh, just a very, very simple message that he put out saying nine years, uh, love you and miss you. You know, we had had celebrities pass away before. Uh, I mean, Heath Ledger wasn't too terribly uh, much earlier than that. And I still remember where I was when I found out where, that Heath Ledger died. I, had, I was in a screening of a Jason Statham bank heist movie at the Lionsgate offices. And me and about 30 other Critics came out, oh, we're standing in the foyer of Lionsgate, and all of a sudden I noticed everybody was just staring at their phones, like, blankly, and that's when the news of Heath Ledger had come out. I still remember exactly where I was uh, when I found out of Paul, Paul Walker. I was uh, where I'm heading today, actually. I'm, I'm heading, I was in Las Vegas. I was sitting at a poker table in Las Vegas, and in between hands, I looked down at my phone, and I just couldn't believe what I had seen, what I was reading, because it's like something out of a movie. Paul Walker, star of the Fast and the Furious franchise, dies in a high-speed car accident where him and a buddy of his, his buddy was driving, uh, were in this great sports car, and they wrapped the car around a pole, and, and, you know, Paul Walker passed away. And it was the first time, though, that I remember somebody dying so tragically in the middle of making a movie. Again, like, 
the irony was ridiculous. The fact that that happened while they were shooting that Fast and the Furious movie. And it's funny because I always liked Paul Walker as a performer. I was never what I would call, you know, a huge Paul Walker fan per se. But I still remember sitting in that chair and, and looking at the news on my phone and being really sad. I, and, and I can't really put my finger on why. I, I always feel like it's a tragedy when, when anybody passes away, uh, even in our industry, entertainment passes away. But it's only been on a couple of occasions that I felt a real sadness. Obviously, with Robin Williams, I remember when he passed away. Obviously, Carrie Fisher. But, yeah, for some reason, I felt this overwhelming sadness. And you knew how tight and close that crew was. How that crew that made these Fast and the Furious movies together. Uh, yeah. was and, and you knew how close him and Vin Diesel were and uh, it's really weird that it is nine years uh, since that happened Rob as as we look back right now and they're getting ready you know we've got a fast 10 coming out here pretty soon uh, do you remember where you were what you were doing what your thoughts were and and looking back now nine years later what do you think I don't remember exactly where I was I just remember you know I'm a big fan of that franchise and I think John you know with celebrities especially when you watch movies or TV shows over and over again, and you watch them for a long time, these people inhabit your mind. Like they're yeah. in your imagination. And even though they're not real, you know, you don't know them, they're still part of you. you know, they, they, they're still in your imagination. You still think about them. And, and he was in the middle of making Fast 7 that I was very excited about, you know, James Wan directing it. And, and I remember thinking, what a, what a, it, it's always senseless to me when someone has their life cut short. It's always sad. And, you know, Paul Walker... He kind of was the in within the franchise. He was kind of the winsome. He never, you know, you know, even from the beginning, he was a cop, but he was always the outside kid that they brought in. Like you don't know anything about car racing. Is it fair you to know? say that really, up until when he passed away, you can make the argument that fast the story of Fast and the Furious was told through this character's eyes. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> right. Yeah, and I love the moment where he's like, <laughs> I think it's in the first movie, he's like, I would have had you, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's even though he lost, but that was the victory. Almost he, had you. Almost had you. That was a victory he took away. And uh, no, it's, it's, it's sad. And, and the fact that the, 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 the franchises, we now have eight, nine, and 10 and 11 are getting made, I guess it, it is a testament to the staying power. There was something he had. He did have charisma and star power. And I think without him, the franchise wouldn't have endured. Chris, it's, I mean, you were what, 12? I was 12 years old. When, uh, I was when just Paul, a baby. <laughs> when Paul Walker passed <laughs> away. But, I mean, we, we look back now and nine years, and when you talk to fans in that fandom, I mean, it's, it's still very fresh to a lot of people. Obviously, still to a lot of people who work on the movie, but... Uh, your thoughts as you reflect back now here nine years later. Well, you know, the, the movie was always... Uh, kind of told to me as it's like a point break kind of situation where he is your window character and he absolutely he was, was the heart exactly of this, a point break right because yes. um, as we all know I am a diehard Fast and Furious fan who's only seen Hobbs and Shaw um, <laughs> but when this news came out I remember just thinking it was fake news I thought it was this kind mm -hmm. of TMZ thing yes. of they took footage from the shoot and are exploiting it this is horrible yeah. why would they do something like this and then as the day went on it was oh my god no this actually happened I can't believe this and I think one of the things that made it hit hard for so many people was the friendship with Vin Diesel. We saw how somebody really lost a, a brother-like figure. And you know, when you're working on a film set, the people you work with, you know, it's kind of like going to summer camp and these become your best friends 
You know, you form right. a really, really deep bond with them. Our own Aaron Cummings, of course, knows firsthand about how devastating the loss of one of your coworkers on set can be. Right, because the lead of Spartacus passed away yeah. as they were in the middle of making that show. And I think when we we as fans view it through that additional lens of seeing those coworkers, those really dear friends, how deeply they're affected by it. It just hammers home to us, one, that these are real people because we do, like Rob was saying, we have an idea of them in our mind. We kind of idealize them or put them on some pedestal or view them only as their characters. And seeing the humanity that, you know, his castmates brought to the situation was, was just devastating. Yeah. I still, I mean, we've been talking a lot lately justifiably so about what a monumental achievement it was for Ryan Coogler and the folks at Marvel to get Black Panther made in the aftermath of the passing of Chadwick Boseman. They were halfway through shooting Fast 7 yeah. when Paul Walker died. And they had to stop production. I can't remember how many months they, they took off trying to decide what to do. Do we move forward? Do we not? Like, how do we manage all this? And, and I remember when I watched Fast 7 being blown away by how well they put, they ended up putting that movie together given the circumstances. It, it was a real test. And that goodbye, the ending oh, when the cars drive me? off. I mean, it was, you know what, to, to take, I mean, I remember when um, uh, Oliver Reed died during the production of Gladiator. Gladiator, yep. You know, and, but he didn't have a send off, but the way that James Wan and the people, his collaborators were able to organize, make that work. And the fact that what a great emotional send off. I mean, if you had to be in an impossible situation, dude, it, I, I don't know. First of all, the fucking Fast and the Furious franchise has no business coming up with a scene that is actually so emotionally resonant. Yeah, but it was poetically beautiful. Yeah, they. I remember sitting in the theater and going when they when I first could see what they were bringing together on screen. I thought, well, oh come on, this is a little much. And then like five seconds later, I'm like, well, this is a little much. I mean, like they pull up side by side that not so great CGI fake smile on, on but so powerful. And then that stupid song, tell you all about it. And the cars go and then they diverge. It's like that. Listen, I you can't believe I'm saying this about a Fast and Furious movie. That was high art. That that sequence, that scene. Cinema, John. It was it, was, it cinema. was cinema. Even Scorsese would have to say that was cinema. Anyway, guys, question is for you. If you're like us, it's hard to imagine. It's been nine years. But what are your thoughts now as you look back on the passing of Paul Walker? We've got another Fast and Furious franchise uh, coming out. Whatever your guys' thoughts are today, jump down to the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down... Let's do another off the top, shall we? And that is this. You know, there's a trailer that I've been waiting for. Uh, maybe not as much as the trailer for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Maybe not as much as the mean one, Mr. Grinch, the psychopathic killer. But ever since they announced this, which I believe was like six, seven years ago, this movie was announced. But Elizabeth Banks directing a movie based on a true story called cocaine bear now i'm sure there are some creative liberties that have been taken in this movie but it is based on a true story of a uh, drug run gone wrong whole ton of cocaine got thrown out of a plane and a bear got into the cocaine and madness ensues well today's that day because the trailer for cocaine bear has arrived we saw that the poster dropped for it yesterday which is usually the harbinger of a brand new uh, trailer coming and I'm going to give you my quick impressions here. Okay, first of all, my first impression is this. This is a rather low-budget film. 
Um, you just kind of, I, I kind of felt half like it was shot on an iPhone a little bit. Um, not the, not the highest production values. That being said, once I, and I had no idea because understanding that this movie is based on a true story. I had no idea really what the tone of the movie is going to be. I went into this trailer pretty much cold. I had no idea. And the moment that damn paramedic just starts to close, slowly close the door, I'm like, okay, now I get it. And this is awesome. And this bear doing anything it can do to get his next hit of cocaine is it looks like it's a fun. It looks like a fun horror film. It looks like a fun early 90s style little horror film. And I mean, seeing, seeing Ray Liotta in there, it was really nice to see. But I, I mean, I was watching this and at first I thought this looks dumb. And then by the end of it, I'm like, nope, I'm on board. This looks tremendously fun. I loved what we saw. Anyway, Chris, you watched the trailer for Cocaine Bear with me. What did you think of it? I'm so excited. Because it <laughs> looks like the best kind of dumb. It is well executed dumb that knows exactly what it is. It looks like Elizabeth Banks has done a beautiful job of capturing just the wackiness and the violence that happens with all this. And it's such a stat cast, too. I mean, you've got Marco Martindale in there. You have Ray Liotta in his final role. You've Scott Cease, who uh, most people know from TikTok as the angry retail guy. Um, he's the paramedic at the right. beginning. And so I'm so excited to see him doing more work. I think I think this is going to be really fun and so friggin' weird. Now, Rob, I got to admit, I am a big, big, big Elizabeth Banks fan. I've loved her since 40 year old virgin. I think she's amazing. I haven't been particularly in love with her directorial uh, efforts. That being said, this looks like a lot of fun to me. You just watched the trailer. What did you think? You know what? It reminded me of like when John Sales was writing the great filmmaker John Sales was writing movies like, well, there's Piranha and Alligator yep. and Battle Beyond the Stars, kind of these tongue-in-cheek genre movies. That's kind of what this looked like to me. Um, it made me, the first thing I thought of was, did this many people die in real life? I want to know, like, how many people actually died with the actual events? Because I laughed three or four times in the trailer. This trailer's a hoot. Yeah. It's a hoot. And you know what? I like seeing a trailer that whatever it promises in the title, it delivers. We get a cocaine bear. Yeah, bring up that poster again, Jonathan, if, if you have it available to you. But like when this poster came out, which is a mix between Sin City and 300, yes. I thought, okay, I mean, that's a great representation. But now that I've seen the trailer, I'm like, this poster promised the trailer we got. And this poster completely goes along the trail, the cocaine coming off the bear. I loved what I saw there. And by the way, the one line... I don't know why, because if I read this line on paper, I wouldn't think it was funny. But when the kid's in the tree and yelling over to the other guy says, don't worry, bears can't climb trees. I don't know why. I thought that was hilarious. The other guy goes, yes, they can. <laughs> oh, it was good. Look at that. Come on. Come Aww. on. Who doesn't want to see this movie? And that's what happens when you do too much cocaine. That's right. It's a cautionary tale. It is a cautionary tale. That's what that that's the art of cocaine bear. It's really a big elaborate cautionary tale. This is a tale. really big part of the dare campaign. <laughs> You know, that's remnants of yeah. the Dare campaign. All right, guys, question is for you. Have you had a chance to see this trailer for Cocaine Bear? If so, what did you think of it? I ain't going to lie. I love this trailer. Whatever you guys thought about it, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's get on now to our Mint Mobile hotline question of the day. If you've got a question you'd like us to hear on the show and you'd like to hear your own voice on the show as well, call our hotline number anytime 24-7 at 
1-888-346-9159. And leave your message there and you just might hear it here on the show. So today's hotline question is about the upcoming comic convention in Brazil. Hey, John, this is Scott from North Carolina. With CCXP starting this week, I just want your guys' opinion on what you think we could get updates on. What do you guys think the chances are we could get updates on any future Marvel or DC projects, or perhaps maybe even the possibility of Sony and Marvel announcing a new deal for Spider-Man? Thanks, and I love you guys. All right, thanks a lot for calling that in, Kyle. Uh, yeah, so today, I believe, today, one of the probably the fastest-growing Comic-Cons in the world, CCXP, formerly known as Comic-Con Experience, so they shortened it up to CCXP, in Brazil, and year after year, this convention has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger, not just in terms of the crowds. People fly in from all over the world to go to this one, much like an under San Diego Comic-Con, but studios have been going and bringing their bigger and bigger and bigger stuff to it, so all eyes right now have been turning towards that, and we're getting presentations by Warner Brothers and Marvel and Disney and stuff like that. And so, great question. What are the sort of things that we think could get announced? Now, look, we as fans are known to, justifiably so, get really ahead of ourselves when these type, whether it's a Comic-Con or a New York Comic-Con or a D23 or whatever, about you know wanting the world, the heavens to open up and have these big reveals come down. Maybe yes, maybe no. But what realistically do we think we can see coming out of CCXP? Well, First of all, a little bit of an unfortunate update. James Gunn did confirm on social media that he's not going to be there this year. He sent his personal uh, apologies, but this guy is literally <laughs> making a major motion picture for Marvel while trying to get the other big comic book company, DC uh, Entertainment, all aligned and stuff like that. Now, no word if Peter Safran will be there. Peter Safran may decide to go and show up to this. He doesn't have to get Guardians 3 ready. Right. So that's big for him. Well, let's start on the Marvel side. There's a few things that I've been uh, that I've been hearing. One whisper I've been hearing, and again, I, I don't think there's necessarily any credibility to this. This is just a whisper I, I've heard. So yeah, don't take this to any sort of bank. But it does kind of line up. I've been hearing some whispers that we might get our first teaser trailer of the Marvels uh, coming out at CCXP. Uh, this week, uh, which actually might even be, I think Marvel's presentation might be tomorrow. I'm not sure exactly, but I think that is there, um, which would be incredibly exciting. I mean, listen, I am a fan of Captain Marvel. I don't think Captain Marvel was top tier MCU, but I actually quite liked it. I, I thought it was a really well done movie. I love Ms. Marvel. I think Ms. Marvel is the very close to first, not quite first. That's WandaVision. But I think Ms. Marvel is close to first of the best thing Marvel's put on on Disney Plus so far. Uh, I think it was, I, I love that show. Like, it's hard for me to put into words how much I like that show. So to see her actually come in and be on the big screen, I think is great. I think the Monica Rambeau character is going to be a lot of fun. So I I'm really looking forward to that. And if they do give the first trailer for that, I'm going to be quite excited. I'm going to be quite excited to see that. I am not expecting any sort of announcement about Spider-Man. Uh Barring Sony doing a presentation and talking about their Spider-Man stuff, particularly across the Spider-Verse. And what's the name of the other one? It's across the Spider-Verse and... Into, and is there one beyond? Into the Spider-Verse was the first one. Maybe it's, oh, beyond it's yeah, across the Spider-Verse. That's what's oh, what's the other one? They've got, they've got two. They've oh, two, and I can't remember the yeah, name of the other one. Yeah, I don't know what the third one is. Anyway, is it beyond? I think somebody's saying it's beyond. So beyond the Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse, 
all that kind of stuff. So that could be there, but I'm really not expecting. Again, I haven't been told that they're not going to do a Spider-Man thing. Not at all. I'm just saying, hey, sitting here in California on YouTube right now, would I guess that they're doing it? I'm speculating that they're not going to do anything like that. Um, I think they're going to do something with Secret Invasion. I, th- I think they're going to do something a little bit more. Uh, I think we're going to see a new promo dop. I- I'm going to say this. I'm going to guess that we're going to get a rele- an official release date and a new promo spot. I'm guessing that that's what we're going we're gonna to get that there. Other than that, I'm not expecting, like, I don't think they're going to drop the Fantastic Four. Uh, I know one of the things that a lot of people are hoping to see is a Fantastic Four cast reveal. And we were kind of thinking they might do that at D23. It didn't happen. Now, some people speculate that the reason it didn't happen at D23 is because not all the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed on the contracts yet. There is an argument to be made that in the subsequent months since D23, all that could have gotten done and they might be ready to make an announcement about uh, a fantastic forecast. If they are, great. I'm not expecting it, but it would be really, really interesting if they did something like that. The other thing I'm not expecting is the announcement of any unknown properties yet. I don't think that's going to happen at CCXP. So anything we do get, I think, will be things that are connected to projects we already know about. Uh, Maybe something to do with Blade. Maybe something to do with uh, Iron Wars. Maybe something to do with, you know, uh, you know, any of this stuff. But I don't know that we're going to get... And guys, we can officially announce to you today that... Kelsey Grammer returns as Beast. Yes. <laughs> what about a uh, an, indie, way, an indie trailer reveal of the title? Indie trailer, I could totally see that because that's something they should have released already anyway online. So an indie five trailer with the official trailer. Yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones and the kids get off my lawn. I I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be great. The official title. So there's that on the DC side. I think we're going to get some number one. I don't think we're going to get any talk about Flash. I think we're going to get talk about Shazam. I think we're going to get talk about Aquaman. Uh, I think we're going to get some talk. I think uh, Dwayne Johnson is going to show up on stage to talk to announce that they're going to do a Black Adam 2. That's my my big way far out there guess. That's my big way far out there guess. But again, James Gunn is still going to be in L.A. in Burbank on the Warner Brothers lot sitting down trying to get the next stages of DC planned out. So I don't think they're going to be making... Much like Marvel, I'm not expecting announcements about things, about entire projects we didn't know about. You know what I'm saying? I think we're going to be talking about the upcoming stuff that we do know about. So who knows? Maybe they even will drop a little Flash trailer. I don't know. Oh, sorry. Sorry. A Batman Flashpoint trailer. Yes. Batman Flashpoint (laughs) trailer. Uh, Maybe solo some of that. Anyway, Rob, we're looking over here now. We've got this coming. What sorts of things are you hoping to see what sorts of things do you expect to see what are you uh, thinking now well i'm all about madam web now oh yeah is it madam web that movie I'm, coming now out? that i'm aware is that of it a movie <laughs> yeah and now that i'm aware of it i, I madam web trailer craven trailer look Ooh, i'm really interested because they showed us craven a little bit of craven footage all the way back in april at, at mm-hmm. yeah i mean come on where's that trailer you know can I'm, we have the craven yeah. we should have the craven second do the Craven second trailer where we review every second. Do they bring the Jared Leto out on stage to make a surprise Morbius 2 announcement? Yeah, I, who knows? Who like, knows? One, one can saw, only hope. Once they saw that the John Campy show was doing the Morbius minute, Sony Man. was like, maybe this is more popular than we thought. I don't know. Sorry, please continue. No, that's, those are the things, you know, in indie, that's, those are the things I expect. Um, 
you know, maybe another Mandalorian trailer for season three. That would be nice. You know, now that Andor's in our rear view mirror. Give me an over under number for the possibility that an actual Star Wars movie project gets talked about. Oh, I'm sure they'll talk about it. You think? They talk about it a lot. They didn't talk about it at D23. No, I mean, fans will talk about yeah, it. Yeah, but what do you think of the chances that actual Lucasfilm I don't think announces some Star Wars movie? I don't think so. Negative five. Negative five. So yeah. you're going sub-zero <laughs> on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm going to give it five. I'll, I'll give it five percent. 5% chance. Unfortunately, I don't think that's the place again. If they're going to do that, they're probably going to save it for Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, because you know what? They don't want to overshadow. Indy's going to be Lucasfilm's focus going forward. You're probably yeah. right. Until yeah. it comes out. And maybe a, a little bit deal. of talk about Willow. Yeah. Ooh, which yeah. we're going to talk a little bit more as we move forward. Mm -hmm. Ray, you got anything you want? You're, you're looking forward to them announcing uh, at nothing. DCXP? I think we're going to get one trailer that we don't expect. That's it. But I don't know what it is. Right, but it'll be for probably for... Yeah, because they dropped the, the trailer last year for something, and then we were like, what? They showed it to them first? I think they're going to continue that trend and probably do at least one. I don't know what property, what <laughs> what trailer it's going to be, but it's, oh. there's going to be some trailer that we're going to get before they... A Loki season two trailer. Ooh. Again, another thing that they showed at one convention, maybe they're ready to release it now. They'll show it again at this one, maybe. Maybe a new one. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's another thing, too. All right, guys, question is for you. CCXP is now upon us. It's been getting bigger and bigger every year with more and more major significant things happening at it every year. What are you expecting to hear coming out of this? What are you hoping to hear come out of this? Whatever you guys think, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to take a second here and thank one of the sponsors of today's show. They've been one of the original sponsors of the John Campion Show, our friends at Stamps.com. We want to thank a sponsor of today's episode, Stamps.com. Guys, it happens every holiday season. No matter how prepared we think we are for the season, it always turns out we're nowhere near as prepared as we thought we were, especially with our shipping. And right about now, seasonal excitement, or dread as the case may be, is really starting to settle in, especially for small businesses. Slaying through traffic to the post office? Inboxes more like a blizzard than a winter wonderland? Rushing to send cards and gifts to your loyal clients? The good news is it's not too late to get your holiday mailing and shipping under control with Stamps.com. Sign up now and you'll be printing your own postage in minutes. Because Stamps.com is your one-stop shop for all of your shipping and mailing needs. Get access to the United States Postal Service and UPS services that you need to run your business right from your computer. Up to 86% off. So this holiday season, trade late nights for silent nights and get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code Campia for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code Campia. And thank you to our friends at stamps.com for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with that down, it's time for a regular Wednesday feature. You know, with so many streaming services, a lot of stuff can sneak out. We don't even know it's coming. So we like to do this little feature every week about what's streaming next. So let's go on over to this document that Taylor has prepared for us, shall we? And look at what exactly is coming out this week. Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about this 
in a little bit um, in more in depth because obviously the first two episodes of Willow are now out. Today it's official. The Willow Disney Plus series has launched with the first two episodes 20 years after vanquishing the wicked queen Bav Morda, the sorcerer Willow Ulfgood leads a group of misfits on a dangerous rescue mission into the unknown, which sounds like a uh, Frozen 2 line. Into, into the, the unknown. unknown. <laughs> By the way, I do like that song. So good. So that is now out today. It's available on Disney Plus. If you've been looking forward to it, it is out there now. Also, oh man, if you're like me, game day. Game day. Yeah. Tomorrow. Gossip Girl, season two, the reboot of Gossip Girl. Uh, season two launches tomorrow. A uh, revival of the TV series uh, centering on a new generation of New York private school teens using social media to spread gossip. So that comes out tomorrow. Also coming out tomorrow, I know there's going to be a lot of people excited about this. Coming out on Netflix, the trailer was actually quite good. Troll uh, from director Roar. Uthong, uh, this new monster movie sees an ancient troll awakened in a Norwegian mountain. I got to tell you, it kind of had a Godzilla sort of feel. I know. Yeah. Which I thought was a lot of fun. Troll, again, debuts on Netflix tomorrow. So that's when that comes out. All right. Now we move on to Friday, December the 2nd. And on Friday, December 2nd, none of us in this room are looking forward to <laughs> Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Roderick Rules. Now, of course, we're not the target audience for this particular one. That's fine. Hey, speak for yourself. I I have lost count of how many diary. There's so many. Yeah, so I don't I, know if the thirty or forty. I feel of them. like they're manifestos at this point. He's just Kevin Spacey in seven, just just scribing into his composition journals. <laughs> You've heard it here. Chris Carr says Roderick is Kevin Spacey. There we go. Oh man, puzzled over. I never thought I'd get canceled for that kind of comment. Wow. I had a lot of ideas about how I'd be canceled. That this wasn't, wasn't it. it. All right, so that comes What's out. What's in the pencil box? <laughs> that comes out on Friday. Also coming out on Friday on Disney Plus. I am surprisingly looking forward to this. Actually, I love the Pentonics. I actually, th I got I'm a little bit of a sucker for acapella music. As a matter of fact, I really like these guys. So, uh, Pentonics around the world for the holidays. That uh, that is going to be debuting on Disney Plus on Friday as well. Also coming out on Netflix. How do you pronounce this? A Christmas Carol? Yep, Scrooge, A Christmas Carol is coming out uh, from director Stephen Donnelly. This is a new animated spin on the Charles Dickens novel featuring the voices of Luke Evans, Olivia Coleman, and Jonathan Price. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not interested in this. I saw the little teaser for it. Not really big, but who am I kidding? Every Christmas, I'll check out almost any Christmas Carol story, although I'm more interested in Spirited uh, at this point. Yeah, this so story, cute. Scrooge, seems wildly original to me, something I've never <laughs> seen before. But this one's animated. All right. right. Also coming out on Friday, this is actually one we've been talking about for a while. Uh, Sir is coming out on Netflix. This is the biographical documentary on Robert Downey Jr.'s late father and pioneering filmmaker. Of course, Robert Downey Jr. is behind getting this made, honoring his father. I love the poster. I, I remember I first saw the poster of this, and I thought, wow, that looks... That's a great poster for this. So I'm looking forward to seeing this one uh, coming out on Netflix again on Friday. All right. Now we move on to Monday, December 5th. Uh, His Dark Materials on HBO Max. Uh, a young girl is destined to liberate her world from the grip of the Magisterium, which repress people's ties to magic and their animal spirits. Now, is this the newest season? Is this, this yeah, is that what this the is? the newest season. The newest season that's coming out. I know a lot of people are really, really big into his dark materials. We'll, we'll be excited about this. Again, that's Monday, December 5th 
this coming Monday on HBO Max. And that's it for the what's streaming next. Rob, let's take Willow out of it because we're going to be talking about Willow here in a bit. Is there anything on this list that's particularly standing out to you that you're looking forward to? You know what? The Robert Downey Jr. documentary, because I'm a fan mm-hmm. of, of Robert Downey Sr. Um, he was even into living in L.A. So I'm very, uh, very curious. To, I, I mean, I'm a sucker for relationship stories between fathers and sons. Yeah. And this looks pretty interesting. You know, when a, 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 a son is looking. I mean, he, uh, Robert Downey Sr. was a pioneering filmmaker. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that dynamic works. Right. And by the way, I, I misspoke. It's not sir, it's senior. Right. The name of the senior. Anyway, Chris, uh, what on this list is standing out to you? Is it oh. Scrooge because you're the Christmas girl? I do love Christmas things and I will watch it, but I will say I'm kind of eh about this one. I watch everything, though. I just watched that like horrible Christmas song one with Freddie Prince Jr. last night. If it's a Christmas movie, I will watch it. I just might not be happy about <laughs> I've it. I've actually heard Sorry, Freddie. Not bad things about that one. At, <laughs> least, at least everybody's saying it's better. Who, who, what's the other one? The Freaky Friday Girl? Uh, the Lindsay Lohan, Lohan one? one? Oh, it's so I've much better than that one. Yeah, I've heard it's much better yeah, than the Lindsay But like Lohan. the magical Christmas song they write together, I'm like, this is fine. This isn't going to like blow anyone's hair back, but okay. Um, but, you know, I'll probably tune into this. Senior is the one I'm much more interested in. Troll, I'm really excited about. I'm, I mean, I don't want to poo-poo on other people's enjoyment, but I'm very confused about Gossip Girl getting a season two. I couldn't get past the second episode. They tell you who Gossip Girl is the first episode. And it's an adult, which you're like, well, this is bullshit. What a petty human being. That's a misdirect. Yeah, well, I guess. Maybe if I hung in there. But yeah, Troll looks friggin' wicked. I'm excited about it. I'd say for me, it's probably Troll. That's the one this week that's really got my attention. All right, guys, question is for you. Which of these things that are coming out on streaming this week are you most looking forward to? Maybe all of them do. Maybe none of them do. Which one stands out to you the most? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys, with that down, let's now move into our main topics today here, shall we? And how do we select our main topics on the John Campy Show? Well, that's simple. That's where you guys come in because you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? Our first topic comes from Box Office Fan. It's Oscar season around the corner again, and we have one of our first submissions. Disney has submitted Wakanda Forever for Best Picture and released a poster. And and who is the main figure on that poster? Black Panther? Nope. Angela Bassett. Sounds like she may be getting a big Oscar push by Disney. Do you think Wakanda Forever will get the nod? And do you think Angela Bassett will as well? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in box office fan. And yeah, tis the season for ramping up them uh, Oscar for your consideration pushes where they start pushing out the marketing. The billboards are starting to pop up down around Beverly Hills. You know, everybody wants to get their project and their movies on the front of potential Oscar voters. Uh, yeah, I saw this. So, Jonathan, let's bring this up here. I, I saw this thing that they, they put out. And if you scroll down, you'll, probably, you'll see their social media posts where they literally, here it is. There it is. This is their social media post, uh, their best picture. This is their poster for their four-year consideration for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And you're right. It is a little interesting when you note it ain't Black Panther. <laughs> They're featuring on it. Rather, it's Angela Bassett. 
this makes sense to me because she is your front runner. Like out of any potential nomination coming out of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, that's it. Uh, a lot of the award sites, a lot of the awards trackers are projecting that Angela Bassett is indeed going to get a nomination for Best Supporting Actress at the Academy Awards. No uh, character, no actor from any comic book movie ever has uh, won Best Supporting Actress for a comic book movie. So this would be unique and a first for something like that to happen. So I think it makes a lot of sense that you put your best foot forward. Angela Bassett is your best foot forward. Everybody in Wakanda Forever is wonderful. I'm particularly taken with uh, 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 Winston Duke. Winston Duke's great. Uh, as Mbaku. Great. I loved him in that. But, I, I mean, she is your best foot oh, forward. She's yeah. incredible in this movie. And what a great ambassador for the film as a whole. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, exactly. And and she, like, look, she's royalty in Hollywood too, right? So And a previous Oscar winner. Now, as far as the question that they ask, could Wakanda forever get the nod? It's a fair question. And there's a lot of emotion surrounding this. The last film did indeed get, became the first comic book movie ever to be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Fair question. I don't think so. Um, I, I remember looking at the first reactions of people coming out, and I, I noted that everybody was very positive on the movie, but a number of them went out of the way to mention, now this one's not getting a Best Picture nomination. Right. And after watching it myself, I, I thought the first one was significantly better than this one. I did enjoy this film. I, I think this is a good movie, and what Ryan Coogler was able to accomplish, given the circumstances, is Herculean. But I, I don't see a reality where Wakanda Forever gets a best picture nomination i think it's best hopes lie with angela bassett and i think those are strong strong hopes anyway chris you're seeing that uh, they're starting their mm -hmm. oscar campaign for this one and listen studios will do at least some degree of oscar campaigning for most of their movies oh so absolutely this isn't anything special but it is interesting they're leading off with angela bassett do you think wakanda forever could get a best picture nom and is angela bassett really their best hopes of an academy award this year i absolutely think angela bassett's gonna get a nomination. I think she's incredible in this film. She is so powerful. Every moment she is in frame, she is just a powerhouse in this film. And it makes sense that they are pushing her forward. The film as a whole, I don't think it will actually land the nomination. It's going to get a Golden Globe nomination. It's not going to get an Oscar nomination, in my opinion. This is a well, really Well, they listed stacked... under musical and comedy. Probably. The Globes, probably will. Probably. They'll do some bullshit. Um, <laughs> but I, I am excited to see that they're also talking about the, the cast as a whole. You know there's going to be a push, at least with the SAG Awards, for this to get Best Ensemble as well, which yeah. I think is very well deserved. I can see that. I yeah. can totally see this getting a nomination for, for Best sure. Ensemble. And to your point, too, of everyone pushing their films forward, when you are part of the nominating committees, like every single film, for the most part, puts their hat in the ring and says, you should nominate us. I mean, Cocaine Bear next year is going to have a push, <laughs> you know? So it doesn't always mean like this movie is for sure going to get a nomination just because a studio is behind it. A studio wants to get these awards, right? They're just having to move with their best foot forward when they pick someone like Angela Bassett. And Rob, we've talked about this before too, is that a lot of directors and actors, whatever, will have it in their contracts that you've got to do a four-year consideration yes. campaign. Like, not only are we making this movie, you got to do a four-year consideration campaign for this. But anyway, Rob, we passed the question on to you. Angela Bassett's chances here, was this the right move to lead with her? Is there a chance that Wakanda Forever could get a Best Picture nomination? Uh, How do you see it? I, I don't think it will get a Best Picture nomination, if only because, you know, the first Black Panther dealt with some really interesting topics in terms of things like 
the idea of colonization and the central conflict between Killmonger and T'Challa, I thought was best picture worthy. Mm. But Namor is a little too comic bookish, maybe. I mean, it it's I think that there's a lot of emotion and there's a lot of a lot of poignant character moments in this film. And I really like the way that it dealt with grief and the fact that what what T'Challa leaves in his wake. I thought that was really, really good. But it's also kind of a goofy comic book movie more so than the first one. Right. Even though I really liked it, but I, I wouldn't say it was a best picture. I, just because of the subject matter. You know, everything. Grief is great in terms of being something to really grab a hold of and be dramatic. But I think you need more than just that in order to propel it into best picture territory. But that said, Angela Bassett, to me, was the heart and soul of this movie. You uh, almost said something that I shouldn't say, uh, just for a spoiler thing. So I'll take that. But anyway, please just continue. Well, no, and I, I just, uh, her performance was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, and and to me. When she's talking in the UN. Uh, yeah, it's just it's like, come on, that scene was amazing. And, and, and that's why I think. I mean, her presence and her acting and her emotion, actually all the actresses in this film really elevated this movie, even above where, uh, if, without those performances, I don't think the movie would be what it is. And I think leading with Angela Bassett, even that picture of her in the throne of, throne of Wakanda or whatever is very regal and it, it, it makes the movie seem more highbrow than it really is. And me, I think, why not? Let me ask you guys, I'll ask all you guys in the room this. Is it a hot take to say... If there's any comic book movie this year that should get the nomination for Best Picture, it's Thor: Love and Thunder. No, I'm kidding. It's the Batman. Yes. I, I mean, I like. I, I would I, agree, John. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but but no, like like, and I'm not being facetious, and I'm not just trying to, to to grasp at straws here. To me, the Batman is still in my top three favorite movies of the year. That that is a beautifully put together motion picture. So I would say if any, and not that there's a rule that says only one comic book movie get nominated, but if one were to get nominated this year, I think it's gotta be the Batman. And I think Zoe Kravitz might have a shot at a best supporting actress nod. Oh, she crushed it. She, she was, was really amazing. Good. She was so good. Uh, yeah. So I don't know guys question is for you. What do you think about all this? They're starting their big four year consideration push for Wakanda forever. And they're leading out with Angela Bassett. Do you, think that Angela Bassett can get a nomination. A lot of the award sites think she can. Do you think the movie itself can? I, I'm not feeling it, but maybe you do. What do you think would be the best alternative if they were going to nominate a comic book film this year? Whatever you guys think, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two, shall we? Chris, what is our second main topic today? Our second topic comes from Matthew T., uh, Matthew T. Lowe, excuse me. Hey, y'all. So the new th so the new trailer for Super Mario movie just dropped, and I am here for it. Tons of nostalgia packed into it, making me feel like a little kid again. My question is, have you seen the new trailer, and where does it take your excitement? I'd love to hear everyone's thoughts, including Kaylee's, if possible. Thanks, and bring on the filthy. Well, Kaylee is not in town today, so but I, I would... Here's the thing. They dropped the new trailer for Super Mario Brothers yesterday. Now, of course, we had already gotten that first kind of teaser that was actually pretty darn good, especially that big opening with the attack on the Ice Palace and Bowser and all that kind of stuff. Now, the part where it got a little bit controversial is the eight words we heard Chris Pratt say, the two lines, right? And that's all anybody wanted to talk about. Now, 
I myself, and Rob, you and I touched on this a little bit on open mic yesterday. Now, I myself did not love the voice we heard coming out of Chris Pratt, but I didn't think it was a big deal. It was a little bit out of context, not a lot. As an Italian myself, um, whose real name is Giovanni and my dad's name is Pasquale, uh, as an Italian myself, I did not want to hear the video game voice of Mario in this. I did not want to hear, where am I? Oh, no. I, I, I did not want to hear two hours of that. If I really we did. did. We would have cast Jared Leto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leto would have been the perfect casting for that. Um, but so don't I, animate him. Just have him be that character. Just, just yeah. that. 100% yeah. just that. He's method. He could do it. So <laughs> the full trailer comes out. And we get to hear a little bit more. And I got to say, <laughs> the New York Italian little tinge they have in this voice. Look, I'm not going to tell you that I love the voice of Mario in this, but I don't think they could have I don't think there is any voice you could have given Mario in this that would have made everybody happy. There's just not. No, there's no one voice. Any voice you went with would have had people that envisioned it a little bit different in their heads. Is the voice they're doing for Mario the voice that I envisioned? No. But I'll tell you what, I'm more on board with it now than I was after the last trailer. Mm. Like, with again, going for the New Yorker kind of appeal, which, of course, is where Mario's from. Especially that one thing when he's on the log with Donkey Kong, and he's like, okay, let's go. I'm like, you know what? Okay, I I can do, like, I couldn't do a whole movie of, you know, uh, where are the Goombas? Oh, no, I couldn't have done that, but I could go through a movie with these. But I'll tell you what, where the magic of this trailer lies is, from a trailer point of view, they touched all the right nostalgia notes. Like when they showed that one shot of Mario in the raccoon suit, that take, cause what was that? Mario brothers three. Yeah. It was a three that the raccoon, th I, that took me back to that. I could see is the, the worldview and me moving between the different areas and stuff like that's all I could see. And then right as we're getting through the trail, I'm like, I wonder if they're going to do a Mario Kart play. And as soon as we thought that, like Jonathan said it out loud. Yeah, like right before it. Like Jonathan was just like, oh, I'm going to do Mario Karts. And boom, the Mario Karts pop up. And I'm like, and the sound effects and all that kind of stuff. And Anya Taylor-Joy is the voice of Peach. I'm, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, this is perfect. The First of all, visually, the movie is perfect. Yes. It, visually, they could not have possibly done it any better. It looks exactly the way it should look. Uh, but I got to tell you, the job of a trailer is to get you more excited for a movie, and this trailer did it for me. I really like this trailer, uh, and I'm uh, I'm really stoked for it. Chris, you had a chance to see the trailer mm -hmm. for Super Mario Brothers. What did you think of it? Oh, man, it definitely hits all those nostalgia points, right? You're on Rainbow Road. You see the cheap cheeps jump on his face yeah. and everything. All of that's super, super fun. I think this is going to be a visually stunning film, and I'm very excited about it. Um, you know, Jack Black is incredible in this. I love Charlie Day's voice in this. I love Keegan-Michael Key's voice in this. I'm still not sold on everyone else's. I, I love that. Look at that shot. It's I so love cute. that shot. I highly encourage everyone to listen to the Brazilian trailer for this because once again, the Brazilian trailer just knocks it out of the park. <laughs> Those two voice actors who have been doing, you know, the dubs for like the Sonic films and everything, they do such a fire job <laughs> of being Mario and Luigi and... You know, all those kind of wee-hoos and the ah-ahs and everything really sing in that one. Whereas this, I'm still a little, eh, I don't know about it. Because I, I could listen to that 
I mean, I'm not a fake Mario fan like you, John, who doesn't want to hear the OG voice, Lord. Because oh, um, you hear two hours of dialogue. I could. The odd little line. I hear of, this voice every day. Of Mario course I could Wien. hear that. I have to listen to me. <laughs> I could hear that voice. But I, I just, you know, I'm sure once I see the film, I'll have a different view on everything. Um, and I'm going to try to hold off on being too judgmental till I see the finished project. Rob, uh, you were here when that trailer came out. I was here. Uh, what did you think of the new trailer? Uh, it was nice to see people that actually seem to have played the games make right. this movie. You know, I, and I think that everything that I wanted out of it, because, you know, I, Mario, Donkey Kong, I remember when Donkey Kong first hit the arcades when I was a little kid. Wow. I mean, that's a long time ago. But, you know, just seeing that, because I, I, that, that's what I want. I'm like, are they going to go that far back? And it was great to see all the different iterations of Mario, the Mario games <laughs> touched upon. And then I love the fact that, you know, you're sitting there thinking the whole time. I love that shot. It's great. And it looks like the donkey, it looked, the, the character designs are all right out of the game. They're all perfect. They're yep. all, and it's so great. And then at the end, of course, the last shot, they give you the, the twister tornado shot of the Mario karts. And how can you not... How does this trailer not put a smile on your face? I mean, for the last 40 years, Mario has been a constant in our lives. It really has. Yeah. I mean, he has. And, and it's nice to see this character seemingly getting his due on the big screen. All right, guys, question is for you. Did you have a chance to see the Mario Brothers trailer? I got, I got to admit, I think it's a winner. I really do. I, I had been skeptical about the movie and all that kind of stuff. I liked what I've seen. I think Rob puts it great. It's it's touching on all the right emotional notes too. All that bright nostalgia. It looks like it's going to be really entertaining to me. What did you guys think about it? Whatever your thoughts were, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to take a second here and thank another sponsor of today's show, the makers of my favorite shirts, our friends at True Classic. We want to thank the sponsor of today's video, True Classic. The holidays are here and there is plenty of t-shirt cheer thanks to our sponsor, True Classic Tees. Guys, we have the perfect gift for your wish list. True Classic Tees are a gift for you, for her, and a great present for any guy in your life. True Classic is on a mission to maximize men's confidence by making them look good. Get 25% off True Classic with my exclusive link, trueclassic.com slash campia, and the discount doesn't stop there. You'll save even more during their site-wide sale. Guys, like most of you, I have always struggled with finding the right shirts for me. Either they're not all that comfortable or they don't fit me all that right. Well, the best thing is, is that True Classics team has designed t-shirts to make guys of all sizes feel confident in their clothing. These shirts taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. This is the perfect look that can be achieved by every body type. And they offer other menswear as well, ranging from polos to workout shirts designed to keep your body feeling nice and comfy. So guys, get 25% off at trueclassic.com campia. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at True Classics for making my favorite shirts and for being a sponsor of the John Campia Show. Remember, guys, when you support our sponsors, you're actually supporting us. So make sure you go down into the description of this video. Right at the top, you'll find links to all of our sponsors and the promo codes. And again, thank you to True Classic. All right, guys, with that down, We've got a breaking story. <laughs> and, and it's it's not a huge story, but it's it's something really interesting. Now, one of the more active guys in Hollywood on social media, you got a couple of Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. One of the more active guys who really engages with his fandom 
is James Gunn, the new co-CEO and chairman of the new brand new DC Studios. And uh, Taylor just pointed out, as we were taking a little bit of a break there, that uh, he just put up something kind of interesting on social media. And Jonathan, let's bring that up. He just made, he put up this tweet simply with the words, making plans. With, of course, Superman being dead center, front and center in there. Now, obviously, this clearly is an image of a group of people making plans. But still, you know, Rob, somebody wrote in yesterday at saying that, hey, oh, that's an even better look at it, saying, you know, uh, they, they're saying Henry Cavill is saying that they haven't actually signed any contracts yet. Maybe he's not going to be front and center. And uh, well, uh, yeah, there's no way you're having The Rock coming out there pu publicly speaking about it so much. There's no way Henry Cavill goes on social media to make an announcement that I'm back as Superman. Yeah, yeah, maybe certain contracts aren't signed yet, but it's all happening. And if you've got the CEO of, of DC Studios putting out a thing saying, making plans and in the image you decide to put up there is superman right front dead and center the kingdom come design of superman by the way which is one of the greatest superman designs of all time look at dc comics reply there with batman above your image right above <laughs> you yeah, oh yeah that's dc comics that made that oh i love that response that they put up there that's terrific. also if you notice what's in the foreground that's green lantern mm -hmm. that battery that oh table. yeah that's the the image of, you know, the power battery of Oa. So you've got, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There. Anyway, there's a Rob, lot there. Like, look, this could very well be James Gunn just saying, I'm here making plans and it has this great image of it looks like a bunch of people making plans. But we as movie fans, we love to dig and maybe see things that aren't necessarily meant to be there. But I'm looking at this. I'm seeing Superman front and center. I don't know. What are you taking away from this tweet that well, James Gunn just put out? If you look at Superman, look who's reflected in the image. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. I didn't. Yeah, that's right. The Shazam reflection. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously. <laughs> well, that's a Kingdom Come thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. I, there's a lot of things here. Uh, I mean, you could say it's the Justice League. You know, you could say uh, you've got Phantom Stranger in the back there. There's. Uh, this could mean many different things. Um, this, this, but but the first thing I obvious the obvious one, Occam's Razor. It's about Kingdom Come. Maybe they're going to announce that's their big plan. Remember, I was the one. I was the one fronting for that. I'm. I, that's what I said they should do. Um, but whatever this is, John, it's interesting. Chris, uh, James Gunn. John, I mean, obviously, it is our job as movie fans mm -hmm. to dissect and, and try to up. find any little thing and, and find meaning in any little thing that happens. But this James Gunn tweet that he puts out, what are you taking away from this? I mean, I think it's very interesting to show this Kingdom Come image because I think it speaks to the broader scope of what the DCEU wants to be. I don't think we're going to come out of the gate swinging with this one. We have to establish a few things. No, that's why I said making yeah, plans exactly. to get to that. For sure, for sure. Wouldn't that and, be like a 20-year plan, though, to get to a Kingdom Come? I don't think so, yeah. I think it could be much shorter. And Rob, correct me if I'm wrong here, too, because I believe this is the lithograph that was for the 25th anniversary, not an actual image from... That's what it looks okay. like, yeah. Thank you. So this isn't revealing a plot point or anything, but it is, I think, showing us who they want to make front and center in the DCEU as well. Leading off with Superman, having our, our known heroes there as well. But I think playing around too with some of these other tertiary characters who might not be as well known to people. Kind of like how Marvel took the B-sides approach when we had Guardians and other characters show up. I can see them doing that, especially with someone like James Gunn behind it. Well, yeah, I was going to ask, who's the king of the B-side exactly. characters? It's James Gunn, right? We've Bring had a Peacemaker show. Yeah. 
I know very interesting stuff. Anyway, guys, questions for you. What do you think about this tweet that James Gunn has just put out? I mean, I love reading into stuff. So is that all we're doing, just reading into it? Could there be deeper, deeper meaning there? Is he basically saying, guys, Superman is going to be a cornerstone of our thing? I don't know. Whatever you guys think, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's get back on track here with our main topics and get into main topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? This one comes from AJ. Hey, John and crew. I read that Netflix has announced that the new Netflix series Wednesday now holds the record for most viewed hours in a week for an English language show with 341.2 million hours and is also number one in 83 countries, tying the record set by this year's Stranger Things 4. Is this a good sign for Netflix and how soon before we get an announcement for Wednesday season two? Thanks. And I hope you all have an amazing day. All right, AJ. Thanks a lot for saying that in. And yeah, listen, the, this Wednesday series, uh, of course, being done by uh, Tim Burton. I'm not a big Tim Burton guy. There's a few movies of his that I really like, but I'm, I'm not generally what you would call a big Tim Burton fan. But I'll tell you, when those trailers for Wednesday came out, I was like, you know what? This looks really good. And I'm starting to really like Jenna Ortega mm -hmm. and stuff. So I thought this could be interesting. Now, I haven't started watching the series yet. My wife is three episodes in. Anne is three episodes in, and she is loving it. She's waiting for me right now to get caught up. So I'm going to get caught up on this thing pretty soon. But did anybody see coming that this thing would surpass Stranger Things? Uh, this comes from the folks over at Deadline who write the following. Uh, Wednesday has summoned a new record for Netflix. The Supernatural series drew a whopping 341.23 million hours viewed in its first week on the streamer, soaring to the top of the TV charts. It now holds the record for most hours viewed in a week for any English language TV series on Netflix. Impressively, that beats Stranger Things Season 4, which previously held that title. At its peak, the first seven episodes of Stranger Things 4 notched 355 million hours viewed in their first full week on the service and second week in the top 10. The current all-time record holder, like English speaking or not, is Squid Games with, look at this number, 571.8 million hours viewed in its peak on Netflix. All right. This is one that catches me really by surprise. I... I'm looking forward to Wednesday. I've really liked the trip. I did not think there was that kind of interest in it. Now, so I don't know if these numbers are a reflection of just how good the marketing was. I don't know if these numbers are a reflection of how much people really deep down love the Adams family. I don't know if this is a result of there not really being a lot in theaters otherwise that people are going to. Maybe not a lot right now on TV that people are watching otherwise. I don't know. But this catches me by surprise. Rob, you see this. How did Wednesday become the most viewed show in its first week of release, like surpassing things like Stranger Things? Well, I mean, I think that, first of all, you know, the Adams Family movies that came out, what, in the 90s? Mm -hmm. Those are pretty beloved films. That Tim Burton, the fact that the Adams Family as a brand goes back many decades, you know, all the way back to the 60s, really, and even before that. So I think that, that, we might have underestimated, or maybe not us, but other people underestimated that this has broad appeal to many generations of people. And from the trailers, it looked fun. I mean, it looked good. I haven't watched it yet, but I think that there was nothing that was unappealing about the show. And clearly, this has appealed to a great many people because you 
and, and many different demographics are watching the show, which is what Netflix wants. That's, that's the only way I could explain it, I guess. Chris, uh, look, I'm going to, as somebody who's really liked trailers, I'm mm -hmm. shocked at these numbers, yeah. like completely shocked at these numbers. How, what do you chalk it up to? Well, as our resident Tim Burton Knight and made out of clay by him himself, <laughs> I friggin' love the show. And it goes back to it banking on beautiful nostalgia, but executing it so well for a modern audience. My parents were really excited about this because they loved the original show. My yeah. mom loved that show. Adam's Family Values from 93 is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I aspire to be cast as a Debbie Jelensky type character. She is on my like mood board for my manager of just like, this is the kind of shit you should get me. Um, and this is just done so well. Jenna Ortega is incredible in this. She learned how to play cello. She choreographed her own dance, which is one of the most memorable moments of the entire season. It's a great, fun little mystery along the way. It is funny and dark and violent, but still has beautiful heartstrings moments. It just fires on all cylinders. Here's, how many episodes is it? It's only eight. Eight episodes. Okay, so, and how many episodes, maybe Taylor, this is something you need to look up. Mm -hmm. How many episodes were in each half of Stranger Things season four? Because oh. that's an interesting thing because it beats Stranger Things season four, but that might have something to do with the fact that they didn't release all of Stranger Things season four, because then that would have been a lot so more episodes. So there were seven episodes in part one of uh, season four. So it's four, and roughly on par. Two in the second part. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it is roughly on par with, with yeah. Wednesday. That's really impressive to me. Like I, and it, the fact that Anne likes it so much and the fact that you love it so much, I'm actually really kind of looking, I'm driving really out to fun. Vegas later today. Maybe while Anne is driving, I'll be sitting there getting caught great. up on. Logan, loved it where we he was like oh i guess i'll watch this with you and then he was like we have to binge it play another episode so i think you'll really enjoy it all right guys question is for you what do you think about this have you guys been watching wednesday if so what do you think about it but really who could have seen this coming that it surpassed stranger things as the number one english speaking thing in this Crazy. first week that is absolutely insane to me whatever you guys think about that jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there all right with that down Let's move on to main topic number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This one comes from Jeremy Vinicky. Greetings and salutations. So I stayed up to watch the first two episodes of the new Willow series. You know what? So far, not bad. I didn't think it was incredible or anything, but I had a feeling it was going to be really flat, and surprisingly, it wasn't. Seeing the flashbacks to the original movie right off the start really brought me into the world. So for me, it's a solid start, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Wanted to ask what you guys thought of it. Thanks. All right, thanks a lot, Jeremy, for sending that in. And yeah, I stayed up last night. I was all bummed out with Andor over. It's like, I'm so used to like looking forward to a show on Tuesday at midnight that I can watch. And I was pleasantly surprised to realize that Willow was coming out last night. You know, I have not been tremendously excited about the Willow series, but the recent trailers that came out for it made me go, you know what? There's some potential here. And the re they released the first two episodes. Now, we're not going to go into big spoilery details here. But, you know, the very opening of the show, having, uh, what's the character's name uh, who who marries Mad Mardigan, who gets together with Mad Mardigan? Um, Saoirse? Oh, Saoirse. Yeah. Like her narrating off the beginning. By the way, ooh, restored footage of the original Willow movie, which looked like it was shot yesterday. Uh, seeing Val Kilmer, I mean, old footage of Val Kilmer, and then setting up the story. You're right. The way they started that series made me go, I already feel like I'm at home here. This is really, I really like the way they introduced that whole thing and set that whole thing up. I thought that was great. Um, and I'm a big, big fan of Warwick Davis. I, I mean, this guy, whether he's doing 
comedy or whether he's just doing interviews or whether he's, you know, characters. I, I just think he's tremendously entertaining. I didn't like it. I, I didn't like it. Um, it's, there is nothing in Willow. And, and, and listen, let me say right now, I understand I'm in the minority here because I'm reading a lot of the critics like it. I'm reading a lot of fan reaction. A lot of fans seem to really liked it. Um, for me, there's nothing what I would say was a, that was offensively bad about it. It's just that I watched it and I, and it just felt like this is such a standard fantasy story. And, you know, oh, the princess is betrothed, but she doesn't want to marry the betrothed. She's already in love with somebody else and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, I've seen that before. You know what it was? It just lacked magic. And I'm not talking about literal magic, like sorcery in the movie. I'm talking about that. There's something about movies like this, whether it's Princess Bride or something like that, where you're just watching the story and there's something magical about it. And it, it's, it's an X factor that it's hard for me to quantify and put my finger on, but nothing about it dramatically felt particularly compelling. Nothing about it from a fantasy point of view felt particularly compelling. My favorite moments were Warwick Davis being on screen again. And I have no, and it I'm, takes a while to get there. It, it does take a while to get there. And I particularly don't have any qualms with any, I actually thought Tony uh, uh, Rivoli, um, in it from the Spider-Man films. I actually really quite liked him. I liked all the performances. I think all the performances were quite good. But I got to the end of the second episode and I was just, I don't think I'm going to watch this anymore. Again, I didn't hate it. I didn't think there was anything offensively bad about it. I just found the lack of anything particularly magical about it. I, I, It was just kind of flat for me. Anyway, Rob, you had a chance to see the first couple of episodes of Willow. What did you think about it? I thought that there was... I thought tonally it had an issue because they're speaking in current day vernacular and then they're not, you know, it, it seemed to me like it wasn't taking itself seriously. And even the way they, they kind of set up these two relationships with people like teen entanglement relationships. And I'm like, that's an interesting way to go, I guess, but it was little CW. It was really CW. And I I'll tell you something else. I didn't like the production design. It looked like it was a CW show. I didn't. I guess I'm so used to the the reality of, say, Game of Thrones. You know, they're shooting in Dubrovnik or down in Spain. This all looked. I mean, I love the the landscapes and all that, but it looked. I didn't buy it. I didn't believe it. I didn't even believe the people's haircuts. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like the you know this guy the the main the brother and it, he looks like a rock star he's got this fop of hair and i'm like what are you jim morrison like what what's with you dude and and i i'll tell you who I, I and joanne whaley was great i loved oh, yeah. her yeah i mean i'm like what show are you in it, it felt like every time they introduced a new character like joanne whaley was great and like her king's kingsman guard whatever he was great his voice yeah i mean he, those voice, and it was and, and then there's this evil gets into the Evil gets into the castle, and I'm like, oh, we're in a different show now. We're in a show with the actual, and then it it goes back to, it was just all over the place. And I, I appreciated the first episode was almost an hour long. You know, that was interesting. And I, I just kind of wondered, again, it felt like they didn't have a total handle on what show they were making. Mm. And I, I liked some of it, but I'll tell you this. I think we're going to get a lot of think pieces on YouTube about what they say this show, what what's contained in it. 
in terms of its politics and things like that, which I was like, oh, great. I didn't see any politics in the show. Oh, oh, well, I, I won't get, I don't want to get into that because I don't want us to be one of those. You'll wait. You'll see. Okay. I, I, you'll see. Okay. I, I still don't know. What, let's talk about it. I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, what was that? I can't remember if it was a CW show, but it was like, it was a period piece centered around Mary, the queen of Scots. Um, what, what, Rain? Was, was that it? Rain? It? Yeah, I think yeah, Anne was like, like obsessed with a show like that. I'm watching. It's like, it felt more like that. Like when I'd walk in the room and yeah. I'd see Anne watching that. Anyway, uh, Taylor, you mm-hmm. watched the couple of episodes of Willow. Did you not? Yeah. I, what did you think about it? I was um, actually, I had not seen the original movie until Monday. So Monday night I watched the movie and I liked it. Um, then last night I was staying up till midnight. Cause yeah, like you, I was missing Andor. I watched the first episode last night and could not stay up for the second episode, but I woke up early this morning and watched the second episode. I had a lot of fun with the first episode. The second episode, a little bit uh, not as exciting, but the first episode I think set up something really fun. Um, I just wonder why when he says, which finger, which finger, right? Why wouldn't you just pick the middle finger? <laughs> That's what Only I wonder. people who've seen the episode will know what we're talking about, but that or was a movie. That was ambiguous <laughs> enough that people who didn't see the episode would know what we're yeah. talking about. Um, yeah, I get there's some nice callbacks to the original movie. Um, and who know, you know what? I, I think I'm tapping out of this show after two episodes. But if people tell me later on that it really picks up and gets going, because this, you know who's behind it? Jonathan Kasdan. I know. Lawrence Kasdan's uh, son, who was also worked, did the, uh, 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 he worked on Solo, did he not? Like after, afterwards, I can't remember. Maybe Jake did. Um, I'm not sure. But I mean, it, I mean, you got good people behind it. There's promise there. Again, to me, it just, it lacked magic. I, I didn't really feel anything for it. I agree. And it, once they go off on their quest, it kind of got a little goofy. You know, like I, Which I, if you watch the original Willow, a little goofy is a part of but the I mean, like, of the like story, one of the right? characters who has a horse and then, you know, she falls off or uh, she gets separated from her horse. But she's like, I'm just going to keep walking. I've got no supplies, but I'm just going to go through this. I'm going to well, go. show the character's determination. Uh, yeah. Well, all right, guys. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. Question is, I think a lot of people were, though, from the reactions I'm seeing online from d- different people. What did you think of the first couple of episodes of Willow? Maybe you're all on board with it. Maybe you really liked what you saw. Maybe you're like me and it kind of fizzled for you. Whatever you guys thought about it, jump down to the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to our fifth and final main topic here today, shall we? Chris, what is our fifth main topic today? This one comes from Robert Hanner. Hey, John and crew, love the show. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on Quentin Tarantino saying part of the Marvel, part of the Marvelization of Hollywood is you have all these actors who have become famous playing these characters, Tarantino said, but they're not movie stars, right? Captain America is the star or Thor is the star, which then led to a response from Samuel Jackson saying Chadwick Boseman is Black Panther and he is a movie star. (laughs) I 100% agree with Samuel Jackson. Thanks and continue the great work. All right, Robert. Thanks a lot for writing that in. And, you know, we this was another thing that we touched on a little bit yesterday on Open Mic. Uh, somebody brought this up. I, I don't know what has gotten in the water the last couple of years where iconic godlike filmmakers saying some really stupid things, uh, whether it's James Cameron or Martin Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino, like these literal DD level filmmakers that we all love and adore their work. Quentin Tarantino is 
a, a singular unique talent, I think, in the history of Hollywood. He's, he's one of the more unique filmmakers we've ever had. He's amazing. We love Quentin Tarantino. But Tarantino came out, and I don't know if, if there's an underlying jealousy amongst some of these great filmmakers that... Uh, they, we're talking about a generation where these are like all-time great filmmakers. And is there a jealousy that all the attention seems to be on the comic book movie genre? I don't know, but everybody seems to be taking swipes at it. Now, not everybody needs to love any genre. Romantic comedies, action period pieces, comic book movies. No, you don't need to love those genres. But why, when you are who you are, do you need to come out and make public statements bashing on other people in the, in the business and other things that are succeeding. And by the way, carrying the business right now is the comic book genre. So you're welcome that this genre is carrying and keeping movie theaters open. You're welcome. So instead of saying thank you, you know, of course, we had a couple of years ago, the Marty Scorsese about it's not cinema. And James Cameron has made some dumb comments. Good Canadian kid who I adore, but made some dumb comments. This was kind of a tone deaf comment by quentin tarantino saying oh well people in these marvel movies they're not movie stars they're not movie stars and i remember uh, another good canadian kid simu liu the star of shang chi he came out last week and he took a swipe back at tarantino for it and now but nobody really paid attention because simu liu is not a big star you know who is a big star samuel jackson uh so yeah samuel jackson who has worked with quentin tarantino on a number of fantastic movies he had something to say about this. This comes from the folks at Variety. Tarantino ignited a fierce debate on social media this month when he said that Marvel actors are not movie stars. In Tarantino's view, the character of Captain America is that uh, that is the movie star and gets people into the theater and not Chris Evans. Jackson somewhat challenged that claim during an interview on The View. It takes an actor to be those particular characters. And the sign of, a, of stardom has always been what? Asses in seats. What are we talking about? Jackson said when asked about Tarantino's comment. That's not a big controversy to me uh, to know that apparently these actors are movie stars. Chadwick Boseman is Black Panther. You can't refute that. And he is a movie star. So I, I found it really interesting that Samuel Jackson, not just because he is a big star and a big, well-beloved name, but he is somebody who has worked with Quentin Tarantino on a number of occasions. This notion that Chris Evans is not a movie star? Like, here's the thing. We all, all of us, me, you, Ray, Jonathan, everybody, no matter how smart and intelligent you are, we all say idiotic things sometimes. All of us do. It's a part of being human. This was an idiotic thing for, for Quentin Tarantino to say. Not just that the belief is a dumb belief, but for him, knowing who he is in this business, to come out and make a statement like that, where you just literally, in, in a snap of a finger, you just belittled a whole ton of people. You're going to tell me Chris Hemsworth's not a movie star? You're going to tell me Robert Downey Jr.'s not a movie star? You're going to tell me Don Cheadle's not a movie star? You're going to tell me, like, and the list can go on and on and on. Of course there. Now, is there a truism saying that you know, a lot of people love these characters before we, we get them. Absolutely, that is a truism. I'm not denying that at all. But I just don't get this trend by these godlike, incredible directors lately to just feel like they need to come out into the public forum and just bash an entire genre of cinema that is keeping cinema alive single-handedly right now. 
It's absurd. Anyway, Rob, you heard uh, Samuel L. Jackson's comments. What do you think about him weighing into this? Well, I, I, I see it kind of a little different in terms of, see, the way we perceive movie stars has changed. And if you think back to some of the screen icons of, in the days of yore, like a, a Steve McQueen, these guys were, uh, uh, the, both the men and the women, were icons on and off the screen. Like S Steve McQueen rode motorcycles in real life. He raced cars. I mean, he was, a, he was a, an icon that men and women wanted to be with and men wanted to be. We don't really have that anymore. Like you all, just described Dwayne Johnson. Well, well, here's the thing. But Dwayne Johnson is unique. But I, and I think the thing about the thing about our movie stars today is they're more like approachable. Like I think Chris Hemsworth, absolutely movie star, but he's like he's a family man. You know, he's not out there. Although you could say maybe he is, but but our society doesn't perceive these people the way they used to be perceived. It's just a different thing. And Tarantino, I think is thinking more along the lines of classic cinema and how the, the those things have changed. I mean, like Robert Downey Jr. is a dude you want to hang out with. You know, I don't I don't think of when I think of people I want to be, I don't like I don't think I want to be Robert Downey Jr. I think oh, I'd love to hang out with him and talk with him. You know, he seems like he's an approachable dude. But is that a byproduct of, of the fact that we live in the age of social media? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I think that. I think that. I but, think but, that. But, I think it's why, all part why of the does same he, thing. Why? But then that becomes an issue of the era, not the genre. So why does right. he, why does he feel the need to specifically call out one genre? like Scarlett well, Johansson's not a movie star? Well, I mean, here's the thing: the the the. I don't think we perceive we perceive people differently in our world than they used to be. We don't have godlike icons anymore, you know. And when we do, they're very. I mean, I would say that today. Those icons are reserved. They're different. Like Taylor Swift would, I would say, there's an icon. You know, she's in movies, but she represents the emotional. I mean, she has a legion of people that follow her every, look at uh, 10 songs, number one. I think with movie stars now, we don't, they're not, they don't, they don't occupy the same place. But here's the thing. What he should have said is these are great actors, and I think that you need great actors to create these characters. We would have no Marvel Cinematic Universe if they weren't cast with perfect actors for those roles. Hell yeah, go Sarah Finn. She's, I mean, She's the, casting, the casting in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been impeccable. Mm -hmm. and, and it wouldn't exist without, like, who could, I can't imagine someone else playing Captain America. Well, I got Anthony Mackie, but it's a but evolution. Steve Rogers. Yeah, man, you can't, like, and I'll tell you something else. Chris Evans in The Gray Man, that's a movie star performance. Yeah, I didn't mm -hmm. really love Gray Man, but Chris Evans killed it. And part killed of the it. reason it, it broke so many Netflix records was because Chris Evans was in it. Yeah. Right. Tell me again he's not a movie but, star. But here's the thing. It, depending on where, like, like you, you, Steve McQueen is a guy that no matter what he was in, people would go see him. You know, whereas not everybody went and saw The Judge with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, or Dr. Or Doctor Doolittle, you know, whatever, and, and I think that. I think that's what, you know, he's talking about a different era. It wasn't fair, and I wouldn't have said it, but I think, you know, I don't think he was slamming anyone more as much as he was talking about a different kind of a thing. But why? Why? My question would be, why, if that were true, and I'm not sure I agree that that's true, but if that were true, why not say 
the era of the movie stars. Out. He Why should've. do you have to specifically say, mm -hmm. you know, Marvel movies? Those actors aren't movie stars. Yeah. Like he wasn't. It, he was very specific about that. He didn't say, you know, we kind of live. The era of the movie star ended in the 1970s. Like that would have been one thing. Yes. Right? That, but I think I that's in his mind. I might have been on board with that. But to specifically call out like these Marvel films, Captain Marvel or uh, Captain Marvel, Captain America is the star, not Chris Evans. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, that's a pre-existing big character. But I mean. I'm, I, like Samuel Jackson pointed out, you are just demonstratively wrong, Quentin. Yeah. Right, right. Chadwick Boseman was a movie star. Well, that's Scarfo the thing. is a movie star. That's the thing. The, the actors they have inhabiting these roles are so good that you can't imagine them not being there. And I think one of the things, like, you know, no one ever, no one ever started a recast Tony Stark movement. Like, it's like when he says, I am Iron Man and snaps his fingers... We understand Tony Stark has lived and died for us. You can't just recast Iron Man unless he comes from a different universe because Tony Stark, he did it, man. He showed us his life and his death, and you can't recast that man. And how many actors can say that? I mean, sure, you could have somebody come from a, a variant or whatever, but who could ever replace that indelible performance? He's wonderful. Chris, uh, you're hearing what Samuel Jackson has to say. What do you think about his comments? I mean, I think they're spot on. How many people went and saw Knives Out because of Chris Evans? How many people went and saw Ma Rainey because of Chadwick Boseman? You know, an, uh, an audience who may have weathered, may previously have not to go see those movies, you know? I think they really had box office draw. I really do. All of these people, too, I think we love that our movie stars are more relatable these days. To Rob's point, I love that we've gotten rid of the kind of deitization of actors mm. because we like to hold people accountable. We do not like that bullshit behavior that we saw in the like big movie star day through the 1940s and 70s, right. right? We want people to behave decently and also be good at their job. And be approachable. Exactly, you know? We, we love a Ryan Reynolds, but it's not yeah. because he's just Deadpool. It's because of Ryan Reynolds, you know? So I think it's just a really silly thing to say. And I've said it before when these directors have done this kind of thing. Winners don't do this. Winners make room for everybody at the table because we love competition. And yes, I'm calling myself a winner. You should too. Look at yourself in the mirror every day and say, you're a winner. You're a perfect 10. You don't need to do this kind of stuff if you are confident in your own abilities. They are not taking anything away from you. That whole argument too of like, oh, audiences only want to go see this. They only want to go see that. No, they want to see good stories that are well done and well executed. So bring your A game and stop bitching. Yeah, or, or else Morbius would have been exactly. a huge it would hit. Have been a what was the Vin Diesel superhero movie? Bloodshot? Yeah. Bloodshot would have been a massively huge hit. It had so like, much potential. I, I, Black Adam would have been a massively huge hit. And so, I, I mean, again, I just don't understand the the need that some of these directors who I adore, and by the way, I still yeah. love me Quentin Tarantino. Don't get, yeah. I love Quentin Tarantino. But the fact that I love him kind of makes me disappointed that they feel the need that, because it really does, look, it's, maybe it's just perception, but it comes across as, why are these other movies getting all this attention? That's what it comes across as. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, I, I thought more like he's more speaking about an era. You know, and I keep thinking about things like Bruce Lee, for instance. When I was growing up, many people I knew had this picture. It was a, I think it was more black and white, a picture of Bruce Lee shirtless with like nunchucks. I had a lot of friends that had that particular poster on their walls. Like, I don't. I mean, maybe it's because I'm older now. Do kids today have big posters of Chris Evans or 
Tony Stark. I bet you some I of them probably do. Probably do. I, I, it's, it wasn't that picture because it was more forward, but it was kind of like that picture. And, you know, these people, we looked up to them as being these individuals that we wanted to be. I, I Again, I don't necessarily disagree with you on that. that yeah. what, what, what is a movie star is a definition that has changed from era to era. I, I mean, I agree with you on that. I just think Quentin Tarantino is intelligent enough that he, if he was talking about that, that's what he would have said. Yeah, I think he should have because yeah. the thing is, you know, what he what he didn't mention is that these characters need great actors in order to have the lasting power that they've had. If the Marvel Cinematic Universe did not have actors to perfectly inhabit these characters, it wouldn't have worked. We and, wouldn't which, have it. Which is true of all movies. Yes. Right. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Samuel Jackson, who has worked with Quentin Tarantino on some fantastic films, decided to come out and slap back a little bit at what Quentin Tarantino said. What do you think about his comments? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that all down, we are now going to move over to taking your live comments and questions. If you've got a comment, question, thought, opinion that you'd like us to read and address here on the show, we are now going to open up the Super Chats. We only leave them open for just a couple of minutes, so make sure you get them in quickly. And we will read those off here in the next part of the show. Now, before we get to that, we want to thank, speaking of Ryan Reynolds, we want to thank the main sponsor of our show, my mobile service provider, Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to thank a sponsor of today's video, Mint Mobile. This holiday season, the best deal in wireless can only be found at Mint Mobile. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months free. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order and activate from home with eSIM while saving tons on phone plans starting at just $15 a month. Guys, you know I've been using Mint Mobile long before this holiday deal, and I have to say it is the perfect time to switch. Since I I switched to Mint Mobile, I've been spending one third of what I used to spend on my mobile service with the other big name company. And with this buy three months, get three months free, not only is it a great choice for you, but it makes great gifts for the people you love. Mint Mobile's best offer of the year is here. By going online only and with eSIM and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile passes those significant savings on to you. All of their plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily and effortlessly with eSIM. Or if you need a new device, for a limited time, get six months of free service when you buy a selected device and plan. So guys, for a limited time, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com campia. That's mintmobile.com campia. And thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for giving me a great mobile service, for letting me spend like one third of what I used to spend on my phones, and of course, for being the sponsor of the John Campia Show. All right, guys, I said it's time for us to go over to your live questions, so let's get to that right now. Chris, what are people saying in the uh, Super Chats? First off, we've got some support from Raiden X, so thank you very thank much, you, Raiden. Raiden. Zach Marcello, how does Andor rank on your all-time Star Wars list, gang? As always, bring on the filthy. As far as the... Star Wars television, number one. Uh, I, I, have, I have now determined that I, I think it's even better than Mandalorian. Very different kind of show from Mandalorian. Now, it's very difficult to compare TV shows to movies. So I, I'm not quite sure where I'd fit it in the, in the movie standards. But as far as TV goes, I think it's number one. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, absolutely. You know, again, though, I do think that Mandalorian season three has the potential 
Oh, I think Mando season three is going to be great. Off the hook. I cannot wait. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. What's next? From Joe Andis T. Uh, Joe Adonis T. Excuse me. Justin, Ang Lee cast son Mason Lee to portray martial arts legend Bruce Lee. Lee's go. Ooh. Wow. Is this? All right. Well, I'll, I'll, thank you for putting that on our radar. We will definitely take a look into that. And I think you just... Brought up a, one of the topics for the John Campy show tomorrow. Appreciate that, man. Wow. I'm going to look into that quickly. All right. What's next? Just got to find this here. There you go. From Seconds from Disaster, one of two. Tarantino's comment was taken out of context. He isn't saying those actors aren't movie stars. He's saying the character. What's up here? Do, 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 do. The, the character. Yeah. But do we pass? Uh, uh, we okay. have it, but I think I might have passed it because I'm an idiot. Okay, there it they is. play uh, the character they play is what draws people into the MCU. You even say all the time, X actor, X role, just get a good actor. That's his point. Okay, but he specifically said it's not taken out of context. It's not taken out of context. He specifically said these people aren't movie stars. He, I mean, uh, that's not interpreting, that's not twisting his words. That's exactly what he said. Now, I, I am sure that. Part of that is he's making an observation that people wanted to come see this. But, you know, Rob, you were saying as we were on the the uh, our commercial break there that, you know, there was an era where, like today, where the big dominant thing is comic book movies. There was the era where the big dominant thing was Westerns. Everything coming out was a Western. And you could have made the argument, well, people weren't going to see movies. They were going to see cowboys. They wanted to see cowboy movies. I mean, you could have said that in that era, too. And so... Listen, I don't think it was taken out of context. And Quentin Tarantino is super intelligent. He's super, he knows exactly what he's saying and when he's saying it. So I, listen, I'm a big fan of Quentin Tarantino as well. I adore the dude, but it's not taken out of context. I mean, that was his specific exact words. That's exactly what he said. So I don't know. All right, what's next? Hero 75, have you ever considered doing an after show for shows like Wednesday that drop all at once, but covering the whole season instead of a single episode? No. I no. Well, I've talked to you about this, about yes. how I used to have to do that. And I'd stay up till like 7 a.m., write a script and have to be in studio by 8 a.m. And it was atrocious. That yeah. sounds no fun. It no. was horrible. No fun. We actually tried to do it back in the uh, AMC and Collider days. We tried to do it, I, I think it was for... The first season of Iron Fist. And so I was literally in the movie talk office till six in the morning trying to get through the entire thing so we could talk about the next day. It's absurd. Here's the problem. This is the problem with the Netflix model of dropping everything all at once. As far as, you know, talking about it. Is that when things come out episode to episode, you can safely make the assumption that almost everybody is on the same page. That, hey, episode three of Mandalorian just came out. We know our friends aren't on episode five because episode three just came out. We're all on the same page. We're all caught up. We've all seen it. Now we can talk about it. We watch the new episode, talk about the new episode. The problem with the Netflix model, for those of us who like to talk about it, is the fact that when you drop it all at once, I, maybe I did stay up till 6 a.m. and watch it. Rob might be on episode two. Chris, I well, go to she, bed at 9 p.m. She's still in bed right now. I'm a child. <laughs> that Ray's on episode five. I mean, no, I'm not. So, <laughs> so, and then he's on minute five. He's watching it right now. I'm at minute. I'm at minute five. <laughs> I and so then your question is, okay, well, when then can you talk? Because there's no point in doing an after show open spoiler discussion 
about an entire season of, sh of shows the day after it comes out because 80% of the people haven't watched it yet. So when do you do it? Five days later? Two weeks later? Well, the reality is with these Netflix shows, two weeks after they get dropped the entire seasons, nobody's talking about them anymore. And so while I believe me, because we gave up on that after that first season of Iron Fist, I would love to be able to talk about these Netflix shows. I would love to. But the, the way they decide to release them right now, which they are changing, and I give it three years. Three years, they'll be, they'll be doing episodic weekly releases. But for now, it makes it just flat out impossible because either you got to talk about it when most of the people haven't seen it, or you got to wait till it's not a part of the conversation anymore to talk about it. And so it's just too difficult. Also, there's shows like, look, people are getting, obviously there's a lot of people watching Wednesday, but for our audience, the appointment, we know what our appointment television is. You know, it is those things like, it's the A-list genre properties. And this could have been one of them. Wednesday could have been one of them if it was episodic. Yeah. yeah or uh, But I I also think that, that, you know, Star Wars has a, I guess the Adams family you could say that too, but Star Wars has a cultural place. Yeah. We grew up with Star Wars. I mean, anybody who's our audience in particular is going to be all over that. And they're going to want to know what we think. And we're going to want to know what they think. And that's why we do after shows. And they release it week to week, <laughs> which makes it practical for us. To I do mean, it. look, I, I, I love to do a For All Mankind after show with Ray, but mm -hmm. I we'll would do it if you guys want to. But, but I would have to concede. Will. Would anybody watch it? Is anybody you watching? Until you do it, man. I mean, but for all mankind's only on Apple. What are its ratings? And right. and we wouldn't want to do a show that sure. six people watch. I'll watch. What's Maybe you'll right get people to subscribe to, to Apple. We we'll do get it that for the Apple hero. Show. I was going to say. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Weekly Hero live wow. Mondays on the John Campy Someone's Show. Someone's got issues. Well, we got issues. All, oh, so many more issues. We got now. issues with the boss oh now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's fighting uh -oh. words. I'm going to flip it. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, if, if with the right planning, though, I wouldn't be since I have the two days off in the middle of the week to do my coaching, I could do it at some point. We just have to pick a show and plan it ahead of time as opposed to like, oh, shit, 12 episodes dropped. Talk about it now. Uh, somebody brought up in the live chat uh, uh, Arcane. Yeah, I'm going to we'll do Arcane. Oh, like, hell when yeah. Arcane comes back. So good. Whether Arcant. they do it one episode. Oh, time, can't. How dare you? <laughs> Arcane. But see, that's a show now Arcant. that you can't. <laughs> That's a, I think that's a show that's developed a following. It was Emmy <laughs> Emmy awarded. I mean, it's it's a show that now has that kind of interest. All right, what's next? Oral campaign. From Orange Hand. How how enduring is The Simpsons? The Blue Jays hired Don Mattingly, and fans are just quoting the sideburns joke from the softball episode thirty years ago. I listen. I I remember coming home. Kid you not. I still remember this. I don't know why this is my memory. My childhood home is 56 Carson Drive in, in Hamilton, Ontario. That was my childhood home. That's why the name of the company, my company, is actually called Carson Drive Media. I remember coming home from school for lunch. Little Johnny coming home from school for lunch and uh, going to the mailbox, and there was a TV guide. This is back in the day when TV guide was kind of like a, a staple. Oh, it was a big deal. And I remember... On the cover of TV Guide being a picture of Bill Cosby and Bart Simpson because I think they had just moved the Simpsons to the same night as the Cosby show. And people thought Bart Simpson was a menace. And <laughs> Apparently he was the safe one on that cover. And talking about that these things would be going head to head. Dude, that show is still on today and being made today. 
it the the enduring nature like i talk about how man supernatural lasted 15 seasons gray's anatomy i don't know what are they on like 17 well, shows are from the 2000s but the simpsons is still going what year are they on I can't even remember. Like, it's Taylor, been 87 what, years. Like episode thir- <laughs> season 35 or something like that? Season, like, I don't remember. 33, 34? I want to say the first this time I saw season short was in the theater when they all electrocute themselves like in front of Die Hard <clears throat> 2. I hadn't even I hadn't seen them on the Tracy Ullman show, but I saw this theatrical short. That was the first time I saw The Simpsons was in a movie theater. It's it's just crazy. All right. What's next? From Chef Rigo. Chef Rigo. Do you need to watch Knives Out to understand Glass Onion? Asking for a friend. You know who you are. No, absolutely not. What is cool, there are some definite throwbacks to Knives Out in Glass Onion. But if you just walked into Glass Onion having never watched Knives Out, you're good. But you're going to want to watch Knives Out. I I mean, just watch Knives Out because Knives Out is incredible. But no, you are okay walking into Glass Onion. You'll have a little bit of a deeper appreciation if you saw Knives Out. But Glass Onion is made the way a movie like this should be made, as an entry point for new people coming into the world of Knives Out. It's a great entry point. You don't need to see the original. All right, what's next? From Dante Serechia. I was there when Walker died in Valencia during my security shift. Oh, wow. I witnessed the burning wreckage on the security cameras. Very sad. Oh, my gosh, Dante, I mean, that must that, have been so intense. I, look, I don't want to get... I don't mean to get morbid, but I, that was one of the more horrifying things to me because it yeah. it wasn't the crash that killed him. It was the car then burst into flames. And I, it's just a horrific, horrific. And again, right in a sports car while they're shooting Fast 7. It's just one of the more bizarre, heartbreaking, whatever stories we've had in, in the world of entertainment. It was just, just so tragic, man. All right, what's next? From Thomas Bombadil. Hi, team. John, you missed the best release of the week. Slow Horses is back on Apple TV. This show is brilliant. Gary Oldman's best role in years, in my opinion. I've heard nothing but good things about the yeah. show. Never seen an episode. Yeah, I Same. keep hearing it's great. I got to watch it. I still don't even really know what it's about, but I've heard it's incredible. He's like a spy master. It's like the kind of like rejects from MI6 is what it yeah. looks like <laughs> is you get kind of put over to this other division that Gary Oldman heads up. This is just an aside, but... There's a show on Netflix, I want to say called Occupation, that that it's about Norway deciding they want to go green energy. And so they're not going to let the Soviet Union pump or Russia pump their gas into the rest of Europe. And so they occupy Norway. Russia marches in to occupy Norway. And I was watching this first episode. I'm like, I'm like, did this? Did they make this after the Ukrainian war? And they didn't. They made mm. it. It's from years ago. And or, I'm watching this. Is it going, occupied? This is insane. Like, how did they John know? John was asking, is it occupied? Oh yeah, is it occupied? Is I think it o- it's occupied? It's occupied. Yeah. I was watching this last night. A friend of mine said, "You got to watch a show." And I'm like, never heard of it, but it's on Netflix. Also, sounds a little bit like uh, Red Dawn. <laughs> it is. Ooh. It is like that, mm-hmm. but it's much more political. Okay. Interesting. I'm watching that. All right, what's next? From Fanimator. I just had my interview at AMC Theaters and got hired on the nice, spot. congratulations. I'm excited to start work as a crew member. Do you know what AMC crew members do? Yeah, they take credit for things that had nothing to do with them in pop culture. Oh. Uh, that's that's the main job, they apparently. They greet Nicole Kidman. That's if only you, uh, if you're Adam. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you look at the CEO, Aaron, Aaron Adam, your main job as an AMC crew member is apparently take credit for things that you had nothing to do with. Uh, that, but, but in all honesty, listen, for a number of years when we were doing AMC movie news, we got to be 
in the glorified storage closet connected to the my favorite movie theater, AMC Burbank 16. And I thought the, the crew there was wonderful every day. I mean, we didn't have a bathroom in our thing, so we'd have to walk out of our storage closet door and walk into the movie theater. And But we got to get, get to know a lot of the crew members there. The general manager there was fantastic. Um, I mean, it was a really, really... F and I remember thinking, man, I... I always wish I could have worked in a the movie theater when I was like, when I was younger. I would have loved that. So congratulations on that. I think that's a really, really cool thing, especially if you're a movie fan. All right. Let's Although, pro tip, the next time you get hired, make sure you know what the job is. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's true. Yeah. Research that one yeah. a little bit. All right, what's next? From Collins E. Anthony Mackie made almost identical comments to Tarantino in 2018, and there wasn't this level of upset. Is that because he's in the MCU? Someone tweeted this to, to me this morning. What, what, but what specifically did he I say? I didn't get to play it because I was driving. Because, like, um, I, I, again, maybe it was identical, but when you say things like almost similar, well, almost can be a big, big thing. Like, what specifically... Did he say, if he said that these characters are larger than life and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. But that's yeah. kind of significantly different than what Quentin Tarantino said. But I'd be curious to know what the I'll exact have to statement listen was. To it, yeah, but Do you have it, Taylor? Yeah, I found it. Oh, okay, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Okay. So it says, uh, Mackie echoed Tarantino's sentiment in 2018 during a QA and a um, at the London Comic Con. And this is coming to us from Cinema Blend. Uh, Mackie said, there are no movie stars anymore. Like Anthony Mackie isn't a movie star. The Falcon is a movie star. And that's what's weird. It used to be Tom Cruise and Will Smith, Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Uh, when you go to the movies, you see Stallone movie. When you went to the movies, it was a Schwarzenegger movie. Now it's an X-Men movie. So the evolution of the superhero has meant the death of the movie star. I mean, that is very similar to it what is. Quentin Tarantino said. And again, I would disagree with him. I would disagree with him. And, and I think the reason why maybe more people and you're seeing more headlines and variety and everything about what Quentin Tarantino said is because he's Quentin Tarantino. It's just like the same reason why Martin Scorsese said what he said is because he's Martin Scorsese. Like you got to know better. It's one thing for a movie star to say, I don't know if I consider myself a movie star. That that's one thing. It's another thing for you to be this iconic director and say, I don't believe all these actors are movie stars. It, it's, it's a different thing and it gets delivered on different ways. But you're right, that, that was very, very close. Not exactly the same, but it was close to what Tarantino said as well. All right, what's next? From CJ Rebirth, what are your guys' thoughts on Edward Scissorhands? One of my favorite films ever and the ice dance scene with Elfman's music is just beautiful. I'll be honest with you. Not a big fan of Edward Scissor's hand. Oh, it's beautiful. I don't hate the movie. I don't hate it. It's just one of those movies where when I did get around to watching it years ago, it was after the big phase uh, phase of it. I watched it and I thought, oh, that was all right. But you love it. I love it. I love all Burton stuff. And when I moved here too, it was so magical driving through Burbank and just being like, oh, Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, CJ, we might have another moment here because he went to school at Burbank I actually had the same art teacher as him, but I was nowhere near as artistic as him uh, in Burbank. And he based Edward Scissorhands on Burbank, where I was born and raised. Mm -hmm. All right. What's next? From Alex Mata, T-Swift fans. These crashing sites and sold out tickets are so annoying. Marvel fans. First time. <laughs> but no, seriously, what has happened with... And, and by the way, it's not just what's happened with uh, Taylor Swift's new tour and like sites crashing and they can't like, like she you know how big sofi stadium is it's a big ass place and she sold out four nights of it in a second 
I mean, that that is crazy in and of itself. What is more interesting, I've been watching some videos lately about this is kind of brought to light the Gestapo kind of evil empire that is Ticketmaster. Yes. And how they are destroying the music industry mm -hmm. and destroying the concert going industry. And it's if you guys haven't looked up some of this stuff, I would highly encourage you to look up some stuff on YouTube about some of the stuff that's now coming to light about Ticketmaster and how truly awful the they are. The sliding pricing. Oh, it's no, it's crazy. I Encouraging mean, scalpers to boost their prices. It's and, unbelievable. Like they are, they are seriously wrecking our cultural enjoyment. I mean, they yeah. sucked twenty years ago, and now they're just like. <laughs> now they're but now, I mean, like, I, there was. I heard a story about this and how, like, to get the first order tickets, now. It, they, the, the ticket prices are are malleable. You know, they don't they don't just have one price. Mm -hmm. No, I remember when when before he passed away. I'm a huge fanatical Prince fan. Prince played Twenty One Nights at the Forum, and he mm. made all the tickets twenty five bucks. Yeah, Twenty One Nights. He truly bucks. was a prince. He was a prince, and went three nights in a row, <gasps> or two nights in a row. Oh, I can't, one of the two. Oh, was that times the forum? Was incredible. I went. I went two nights at the Forum. All right, what's next? From Al Renshaw, you think we'll get Mario's fire costume in the movie? That trailer was complete fire, and I loved it so much. Ticket and or reaction watch coming? Uh, no, there won't be a ticket or a reaction watch for it. I don't think it's going to be that big. But I'll, I'll tell you what, just every little, even the little detail of the flower and then her getting the fireball out of right. it. Like, yeah! Of course they're going to be. You're going to do an out of the theater video. <laughs> what's that, right? Of course they're going to be Mario fire. I mean, Bowser has fire. How can you fight fire? With fire. Or right? Morbius. Or Morbius. <laughs> Fight Bouncer with Morbius. Mm -hmm. I'd be totally down for that. But yeah, I, I just, again, there is so, from, again, I don't know if the movie's going to be good or not. I, have, I am not saying the movie's going to be good. I don't know. But from all, as somebody who made a documentary about movie trailers, that is technically a superbly put together trailer. Yeah. A superbly put together. They just did a lot of things right with it. <laughs> And the version of Mario that I'm looking forward to out of all them is I hope he turns into giant Mario sometime where he's just stepping on things. I mean, that that was my favorite transformation of Mario, I think, in the game. All right. What's next? From Michael Cerda, a guilty pleasure of mine is Draft Day. Thoughts? Is that the Kevin Costner one? Yeah. I like Draft Day. Yeah. I, it, it's not one that, you know, I think, man, you know, it's great. Draft Day. I, I, I but... I, I like, you know what? It's pretty cool because it gives you a little bit of inside baseball in the sport. I love that. I, what, what can I say? I just it's really no like money ball, Oscar. John. It's no, no money ball. ball. No, I prefer money ball, but draft day is actually pretty good. Okay. I don't think we've ever had somebody bring up draft day on the John Campus show. Well done. I think that that's a decent one. Yeah. All right. What's next? From Todd Kaepernick. Uh, Napper? Yeah. Kaepernick. Uh, with all your cheering about Kevin Bacon being in the MCU, you've overlooked an even bigger reveal. GoBots are now confirmed in the MCU. See, but this is you. This is an interesting topic, though, because we discussed the holiday special the other day, and the question was, where does the holiday special fit in the MCU? There are certainly some things that are going to be canonical coming out of it. Mantis is Peter's sister, half-sister that the Guardians of the Galaxy are now stewarding nowhere. They now own nowhere. That's great. Maybe even Kevin Bacon becomes a character in this thing. Who knows? But I don't think we take everything out of it as being canon. Like, the whole thing, it was a hilarious joke, and I'm glad it's in there. But when she says, you know, Drax's cousin was killed by GoBots, I don't think Kevin Feige is saying... 
GoBots are canonical to the MCU now. We're going to have the GoBots. Are gonna co- I, I don't think they were doing that. So that's why I think the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special lives in this in-between. Oh, God, the GoBots. You know, I had Psykill. He was one of the first toys I ever had was Psykill. I used to love him. I had him too. Um, <laughs> but... I mean, I don't think they were saying that. And that's why I think it kind of, this holiday special lives in a little bit of an in-between world. Uh, over or under, Kevin Bacon appears in Guardians 3. 30%. I'm going to go as high as 30. Ooh. All right. I, I, because, you know, when he's walking out, he says, I'll see you guys at Easter. Like, I think that was a little thing. It's like, hey, guys, I'll be back. <laughs> I think so, too. I, I mean, I would like to see that. All right. You know what I'd love to see? If they brought in... Michael Fassbender at some point that just when he sees Kevin Bacon just <laughs> gives him a little I think that would be so cool I don't think they'll do that but I'll say 30% alright what's next from Cody Hunt I bet the grief of the time that T'Challa experienced in the Black Panther 2 script could be the birth of his son and watching him grow in five years he missed during his during the blip uh, I wasn't going to say that yesterday. I didn't want to say that yesterday either. But <laughs> yes. I, I think I think you're 100 percent right. 100. 100 percent. I think you're completely accurate about that. That's probably one. There were probably several other things, but that was probably a big, big, big major thing about that. Absolutely. All right. What's next? From Ben Rayner, Hugh Jackman is a big movie star and a great actor, and brings people to see all kinds of movies, from Le- Logan to Les Misérables. Good point, Ben. I mean, listen. Th- I have said before. I will say it again. Hugh Jackman is the most complete entertainer in the world. He just, he can sing. He's a world-class singer. He's a world-class dancer. He's an Academy Award. <laughs> He's an Academy, not multi-Academy nominated You've got him actor. He can do it all. And then in, in his acting, he can do comedy, musical, drama, period piece, real life stories, uh, biopics. He can do it all. I, I honestly believe that he is the most complete entertainer in the world. Mm-hmm. I just really, really think he's that good. By the way, I noticed somebody in the live chat was saying, but James Gunn confirmed that that Guardians of the Galaxy is completely canonical. Really? The head of DC Films just said, yeah, listen, no. I guarantee you if, we t- if I had Kevin Feige sitting here right now say, are GoBots in the MCU? He's going to say no. He's just going to go, damn that, it, Jim. That tweet was not confirmation. That tweet was a joke tweet. That, yeah. that tweet was for fun. Yeah. All right. What's next? From Luis Enrique de la Peña. Chris, the first tra- teaser trailer for the Saint Seiya live action adaptation film was released yesterday. Ooh. I'm cautiously optimistic because DNEG is the FX company in this movie and they work on Marvel and DC. Ooh, I'm going to have to check that, that yeah. out. All right. Yeah. I got to admit it. I'll call Mm-hmm. What's Saint Celia? Saint Seiya is basically um, oh, okay. uh, people are entities of gods, essentially, but they're doing a wrestling match. Yeah. It's real fun. It's wacky. The OG <laughs> series was very violent. And then they rebooted it for Netflix, and it's a much more tame version. It's a little kitted down. So I'm hoping the live action one is going to be really brutal. Sounds like what they did with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But okay. But way less effective. Way less effective. Yeah. All right. What's next? From Alex Martinez. Hello, Campia crew. Was watching Man of Steel movie club show yesterday, and I noticed how sure you were that Henry wouldn't be back. Funny how things can change in a few months. Yeah, no, listen, I've... Look, it was... At the time, there were also different owners at Warner Brothers. Yeah. And under that, they we never would have seen Henry Cavill come back. Now, of course, when the world changes... What is possible 
changes, right? In the world, and so in the world of entertainment, in the world of movies, all of a sudden the people who were running Warner Brothers are now out. There's a whole new ownership group. The world changes, and, we, and like, and that's one of the things in the very beginning days. When David Zaslav and Discovery were going to be taking over, we were like, hey, we hear whispers that he's actually a really big fan of Henry Cavill and he could come back. But yeah, at the time, if Warner Brothers didn't change hands, that's exactly what would have happened. I, I mean, you know, there's no, never going to be a Zack Snyder's <laughs> cut of Justice League. Nope, yeah. never going to happen. All right, what's next? From Danito, can't wait for Cocaine Bear to crawl out of a portal in Avengers Secret Wars. It's a big... On your left. By the way, (laughs) the dust. There are about 40 or 50 portal videos on YouTube where people, some really good ones, some not so good ones, but some really, really good ones, where they would edit in, like, they'd show the portal opening, T'Challa coming through, whatever, but then they'd open up a portal and you'd see Wolverine walking through. They'd open up a portal and you'd see you know, blade walking through there's, and they, they just keep going and going and going into some of the most of <laughs> the power Rangers come through. Yeah. There was like the T-Rex and whatever. Now they got to do one. They got to do one now where we got the cocaine bear coming. No, through. no. The one ca- with Viserys. Or Viserys. <laughs> 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 the portal closes halfway. Viserys <laughs> comes through. All right, what's next? It's off his wonky arm. <laughs> From Suthius. Aesthetics-wise, Sam's cap suit or Hawkman suit? Um, I love Hawkman, Hawkman suit. Yeah, it's super. I, From what, Black Adam? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I love fire. Hawkman suit, but I really did like Sam's cap suit. I, I it looks too. really good. It looks really And you know the hot toy that's coming out soon. It's going to look great. But I, I love I love Aldous Hodges' uh, Hawkman suit. It was absolutely yeah. All right, what's tough, next? That's a tough one. From Gabriel. Good morning, crew. Oh, good, good morning, morning, Gabriel. Thank you. Uh, Justin Welsh. Hey, crew. LOL was looking into Mint Mobile. Sadly, not in Canada. Not in Canada. But have you seen the video of Ryan explaining why we don't have Mint Mobile? Oh, Ryan. No, I have not, but I'm going to have to look that <laughs> yeah. up. It is really sad that the good Canadian kid himself, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, owns this, mo- this uh, mobile phone company, and it's not in Canada. Um, I blame Ken. And, you know, by the way, I'll say this here. I, 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 I put this up on my social media. I told our channel members about this first in a channel member town hall last week. I let our channel members be the first ones to know this. But uh, Mint Mobile, uh, who has been the main sponsor of our show, and we were looking forward to working with them through the end of 2022. And, and, and it's been great. And we we're super grateful for them. Uh, we'll announce to everybody, though, Mint Mobile has signed up to be our primary sponsor all the way through the entirety of 2023. So uh, big thank you to Ryan Reynolds, Mint Mobile. Uh, They are going to be our prime sponsor going all the way through the end of 2023. Uh, We love them and all of our sponsors, including True Classic and Stamps.com and MeUndies and uh, Manscaped Manscaped and on and on and all of our sponsors. But... Yeah, it, it's, uh, it was a really, really great moment for us when uh, Mint decided to sign up and be our primary sponsor all the way through 2023. So thank you again to Mint and to Ryan Reynolds and uh, all the people involved there. It's part of my Tiny Tim Christmas thanks this year where I'm just going to be like, God bless Ryan. <laughs> God bless Ryan Reynolds. Uh, and Red Notice. The founder of the feast indeed. <laughs> and Red Notice still sucks. All right. What's next? From Adrian Bonds, looking in the mirror, you are a perfect 10. You are a winner. Yes, Adrian, you should do that. I have a very overinflated sense of self-confidence, and I'm not 
about ashamed of it. I like that I feel this way, and you should too. Except Carr except, is the goddess of self-affirmation. I'm just happy about She's everything. Just blessing all of us with, with positive self-affirmation. It's just really cool being alive. Like yeah. that, it I, is. I, it's just, <laughs> I would, that's the, you just summed it right up. There's no point in being sad but, or self-deprecating. Take yourself accountable. If you do something wrong or you hurt someone, don't be like, I'm oh, well, yeah. Time. If you're an absolute monster, please don't do that. Go, yeah. hey, we could do some work today and I, stop being so horrible yeah. to others. I can't remember who the comedian was. He goes, he keeps hearing people tell kids, just be yourself. But what if they're an asshole? <laughs> Maybe you should change. Anyway, all right, what's next? From Orlando Orego. I saw the trailer for Cocaine Bear and it looks crazy. I didn't know Carrie Russell was in the movie. Now I want to see it. Yeah, I didn't know Carrie Russell was in it either. And I, I am a big fan of Carrie Russell. Huge. Um, I, like, I wasn't a uh, Felicity viewer, but I really got into her when she, they did, her and Nathan Fillion did the movie version of Waitress, <gasps> which is wonderful. By the way, the Broadway stage show of Waitress, Sugar Butter Flower, it's is amazing, but I fell in love with her in that, and it was really cool. And you're right, this cocaine bear, bear trailer is nuts. Can't you know, wait. I met her once in real life. She was she did Brandon Routh's screen test for the studio for Superman Returns. Really? Yeah, yeah. She was Lois Lane. She would have been so she good. Been, uh, amazing she, in that. I have this footage. She was so good, but in person, there's something about her. She's one of the most ethereally beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. She was so nice, and she was so uh, fun to watch work, but man, she's got this quality to her that was astonishing. She did a she did a season. It it only lasted one season. Unfortunately, it was called Running Wild. Do you guys remember that? It was with mm -hmm. Will Arnett. Well, did she? She also did the Americans. The Americans. Yeah. I mean, she's that's that's right yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people was that show very successful. All right, what's next? From Super Crazy Movie Geek, do you think movies will still be made in a hundred years? Yeah. I mean, but just like movies 100 years ago were different, they'll be a little different. But listen, we, as a species, I, I've talked about this a lot. As a species, we are storytellers. That's what, going back to the earliest recorded history of our existence, scratching out, you know, stories on cave walls, uh, sitting around the fire and, and telling the stories of our oral histories. That's what we as human beings are. It's one of the reasons why movies, I, I think, are not just great, but important. They tell stories about who we are, who we wish to be, who we were, who we aspire to be in the future, what we love, what we fear. It's why I, again, I am not one of these people that just think movies are fun. I think movies are important to who we are as a people. And so, yes, a hundred years from now, they'll look different, but there will definitely still be movies. All right, what's next? I still draw on the walls here. John hates it. <laughs> Damn it, Jonathan, not again. From Cody Hunt, saw Jason Sudeikis at a karaoke bar here in Kansas City this past weekend. He was jamming out to Mr. Brightside, LOL. <laughs> nice. God, oh, I fun. love Jason Sudeikis. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. I mean, I, I loved him before Ted Lasso came out, but Ted Lasso just like took it to the next level for me. I love that dude. Him playing the devil on SNL was always just it so choice. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But, you know, the funny thing is my favorite thing of his on SNL was something he never had dialogue for. The damn what up with that? Yes. When he would just come out of nowhere in that ridiculous jumpsuit. What up with that? What What's up, up with, with that? that? I mean, I and I don't know why. Every fucking time he did it, I would laugh my ass off. I never got tired of it. I would laugh like an idiot the whole time. I love Jason Sudeikis. All right. What's next? From Al Renshaw, Cocaine Bear is the movie we all needed. Yes. It, it is. The, the world needs Cocaine the Bear. the movie we deserve. It's the movie that's going to bring... You know, Russia and the Ukraine together, 
the Republicans and Democrats just, all coming together to love something together. I have a feeling like old Yeller, it's not going to end well for the bear. The bear joins the Avengers at the end. I mean, no in, in real life, the bear ate cocaine and died. And died. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I have to know that now? I all right. Hope. What's I want next? There to be hope. Don't eat a brick of cocaine. The moral of the story. <laughs> I snort him. Dialdar says, could you believe people are already crying over the Mario movie just because it makes Peach look like a badass? Are they okay? Oh, listen, oh, I, I, I have stopped thinking what Knuckle Dragon losers online think a long time ago. No, no, no look, you can, you can look at this trailer and think this trailer doesn't look very good to me. I, I'm all good. There's nothing wrong with that. Listen, I don't like Willow. The first two episodes of Willow, and a lot of people do. Nothing wrong with that. But yeah, as soon as, God forbid, any... Black, Mexican, gay, female, whatever character has any empowerment whatsoever in anything, you already know that that mold, mildew-filled, danky corner of the carpet is going to lift up a little bit. and You're going to get crying coming out of it, so I don't give a shit. All right, what's next? Um, I missed Jorge over here. Uh, Jorge Aura, uh, 86, Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia. Lord! Is she good in it as this? Because I know I was really interested when I saw that she was going to be playing the role. She has a very good job in this. Um, the character is a little different than what we've seen in the past. I just love Angelica Houston so much. So I had mm. to just shake that off and go, this is a different Morticia and she's doing a great job. All right. What's next? From Jeff Yerke. Hi, John and crew. Jeff. Do you do you know Jeff? Yes. Oh, yay. Do you think there will be any awards left for the Banshees of Anishran? Thanks. The Yerkman and the lovely Mrs. Y. I think it's going to get a Best Picture nomination. I did too. I, I like. I was, despite the fact that I was crazy looking forward to this movie, it took me a while to finally get arrested. And it's a little different than I thought it was going to be, because all the marketing and and everything made it seem like it was going to be like the trailer is great, but it made it kind of feel like it was going to be more of a lighthearted thing. Right. And there's absolutely lightheartedness in the movie, but it's kind of heavy in in a lot of things too. But you know what? It's brilliant, and I do think. I think it'll get nominated for Best Picture. I, I, I think the, the it's the type of movie that I think filmmakers, like the Oscar voters, sto professional storytellers love that kind of movie. And so I think it will. I'm not going to put money on that, but I think it'll get a Best Picture nom. In an era where they give out 10 nominations, I think it'll get a nom. All right, what's next? From Dumbrodor, the Luthan and Saw scene in the limitation game when Turing decodes German messages to wreck a convoy full of people but does nothing to win the war. There oh, is a like, little there yeah. is a little bit of overlap in there, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there is. By the way, that whole scene, like when when Saw realized what Luthen was proposing, like when he realized, he's like, like you are like Saw thought see, this is what's going through Saw's head. And I, I love this. Because Forrest Whitaker, you, the way he played it, Saw's like, I thought I was the cold badass. Right. I thought I was the cold badass and I was lessen, lessening you in life, like Luthen, like look, you are the ice king. <laughs> Like it, it was so. But then he came around to his way of thinking. No, but I what I loved it, was he was sure. I call it war. We call it war. It's so great. Forrest Whitaker. Uh, uh, there's casualties, buddy. All right. Uh, what's next? He freaked him out. Freaked him out. From Drew Yepsen. Highly recommend Jonah Hill's Stutz. Beautiful film on Netflix. I've heard nothing but good things. And like, I'm also fascinated by somebody like Jonah Hill who does what he does for a living and yet has the issues that he has. I think that's fascinating. So mm -hmm. I, I'm actually going to check that out at some point. Thank you for the recommendation, man. 
All right, what's next? Most of us don't get into comedy because we're well adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> um, Christopher Mendez, when are we going to see the Chris and Aaron descent viewing? How dare you? And when will we see Joey Bishop and Gimli meet on camera? Oh. I I am going to try to arrange now. Chris is both at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Aaron has been has been busy. She's, She's been, been traveling a lot, like shooting both in New York and in Canada and and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, damn her for being a successful actress. So rude. So rude. <laughs> But uh, I am going to angle to try to get this done next week. I'm, I'm going to see if maybe, what day does she come out? She comes out on Wednesday. So I'm going to see maybe since she's coming out anyway. You excited? You're out here. She's like, I might get COVID I'm at a Young week. Variety oh, party, baby. I can't do it. Week. You got a party on Wednesday? Yep. I'm going to Young Variety's Ugly Sweater Party. Oh, what? well, then yeah. I guess Thursday it is. Uh, we will, <laughs> oh, come here on we will, I, But this is, I don't think... I can ever remember being more excited for a video I want to do than than having Aaron and Chris, who are horror film aficionados, uh, sit down and watch my second favorite horror film of all time, The Descent. I think it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. So Chris is very excited that, for it. Lawrence of Arabia for me. <laughs> and then Lawrence of Arabia for me. Why do you get to watch Lawrence of Arabia and I have to watch a disgusting film where women are just mutilated? Well, I heard and Lawrence of Arabia is long. In this movie. I've had so many people tell me <laughs> where they're like, oh, like my horror friends have been like, that movie made me throw up. Please don't watch it. <laughs> it's going to be great. They're lying, Chris. Your friends lie. All right, I what's... trust them so much more than you. <laughs> what's next? <laughs> From Raymond Reddington, when will Kaylee and Alou be back? You know what? Kaylee and Alou will not be back. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna let our uh, channel members know about this, and it's Kaylee and Alou are great. I, I think they have both been wonderful and fantastic. Here, here was the problem that we came across. It was none of their fault, not our fault. But uh, Kaylee and Alou, we we brought on two people to be hosts. Because we know as working performers and act- and aspiring actresses and stuff like that, that parts come up, auditions come up, and all that kind of stuff. And so we thought we'd get two of them. So if they needed to once in a while swap days where one could be in the other, that that could work. In just like six weeks, though, and this is a, this is a good thing for them. They have been so busy. And, you know, Kaylee just did this big product commercial in dallas they flew her out to dallas to do this alou's got a lot of stuff that she's doing we just realized that even though we had two of them we had three or four days where we had no host in the studio and because each of them like kaylee at one point could only come in like one day a week which is not going to give her the opportunity to really grow into the role and all that kind of stuff so i i spoke with uh i communicated with both of them the other day and we just made the decisions like you know what this the arrangement the circumstances don't work and so I still want to host on the show. I still want to host on the show. Uh, so I need to find somebody I'm in that weird position where I need to find somebody or a couple of people who are really, really good, but not so good that they're actually busy with other things as well. Right. So, and hey, don't be surprised if you see Kaylee or Lou pop back, pop back up here. I mean, I, when I spoke to both of them, I said, hey, look, I'm going to look for opportunities in the future that we can still do some stuff because they're great. But again, it's just that the schedules did not align. I was really hoping they would, but they didn't. So uh, we're looking at other options right now. But by all means, follow Kaylee and Lou both on social media. They're cocaine both, Bear. Let's hire Cocaine Let's Bear. Let's hire Cocaine Bear. Neither of them you could already have been more wonderful to work with. They're both fantastic. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, but that's that's that.
All right. What's next? Nice. The internet's cooking nice. there. Uh, a Sith Lord started off my day listening to the Mandalorian theme and noticed February is close. Ooh, I can't wait. One of my favorite themes out of Star Wars. What, February is close is a Star Wars piece? Isn't that when uh, Mandalorian comes back? He starts. Oh, I thought he was talking about a piece of music. He was. There's a piece. Of, he he was listening to the Mandalorian soundtrack, and he realized, oh, oh, oh okay, I, I seriously, see, I thought there was actually a piece of music called February is close. I'm like, I didn't know they had February in Star Wars. All right, that makes way more sense. That makes way more sense. Thank right. God. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, oh, no. Friday, Thursday. Everybody Tuesday, knows Wednesday, there's Friday. no February in Star Wars. All right, what's next? From Unknown, just binged all of Game of Thrones and I loved it. What? I don't understand all the hate the last few seasons got. Well, if I you spent 10 years trying to get there, seven years trying to get there, then maybe you would. I thought they weren't <laughs> without their flaws, but not deserving of the hate. Oh, listen, mm. look, I, mm. I stand alone as yeah. a bastion of rationality in a sea of insanity. Nah. When I say mm -hmm. that the last couple of seasons of Game of Thrones were brilliant, not good, brilliant did i have some issues with the fact that they there was unnecessarily uh rushed through so many uh they rushed through the final scene with so few episodes absolutely i, I agree with that but again the the re resolution of almost everything i thought was great i had said for four years maybe five that daenerys was a jerk and daenerys is clearly they 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 showed it to us. I said it for five years on my show. Guys, she's going bad. She's You can see it. They're making it obvious. And everybody's, no, she's not, John. And then when she went bad, everybody's like, nobody could have seen that coming. That wasn't my problem. I'm like, I said this. No, but that was one issue. I just thought it was great. But again, I acknowledge, I acknowledge, much like the fact that I don't like Blade Runner or the first two episodes of Willow, I am in the minority on that. And if you didn't like it, you didn't like it, that's great. But I loved it. I really enjoyed it, but uh, but yeah, there we go. Okay, I and I am even alone in that in this office. But I'm yep. with you, man. I'm with you. All right, what's next? From JCSC, I have found memories of playing Super Mario with my sister growing up. Did you enjoy playing any video games with your siblings? No, I I was I John grew ate up his siblings a, in the womb. Yeah, I grew up as an only child in a full house. Um, like I was born. Then five years passed, and then my parents had kid, 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 immediately, like one right after the other, immediately. So my three siblings, uh, Heather, Sandy, and, and Robert, they grew up kind of all together. Uh, they grew, they were in school at the same time. They were in high school, at least for a couple of years, they were in high school at the same time, all that kind of stuff. Whereas I was much older. Like by the, I was out of grade school i was still in grade school when they got in there but they were much 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 younger than me for grade school and then by the time they got in high school i was already out of high school and so we just i was kind of an only child in many ways uh that way so no i didn't play video games with my siblings unfortunately hayden and i are five years apart too we were we were super close though because it was mostly the, just the two of but us how together. many uh, it was just the yeah, two of it was you. just the two of us and right. my parents traveled a lot so usually i was in charge which is terrifying it was just it was the john mulaney joke it was just a horse watching a dog um i was just slightly bigger and older but we played <laughs> tons of n64 together um, and we still play video games together i was i was yeah. i was a problematic big brother how so um a little old-fashioned aka outdated thoughts about 
I was very protective of my sisters. Like, here's an example. I would come home and my sisters would be in the house and they would have boys in the house. Nothing wrong with that. I would grab them by the throat, the guys. I literally did this one time, literally grabbed them by the throat and threw them out the door. And I remember the next day I came home with my mother and my two sisters sitting in the living room waiting for me and had this very stern intervention with me about wow. you need to change. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you guys in the house, you, know you need to change. And yeah. They, they, my mom and my sisters once had this big sit down with me because I was a little rough with oh, guys. Like, like literally guys wouldn't come by the house because wow. like they were physically in danger. They, for, and it was completely irrational. It was, they, they would do nothing wrong. They could have been the nicest kids mm -hmm. in the world. And uh, oh man, yeah. you knew what was going on. Come on, you were the, protecting him. The they, worst, the, <sighs> the worst thing I did to Hayden was in Christmas time when we were little. He'd start crying Christmas Eve and come to me and be like, "Santa's not going to bring me anything because I'm so bad." And I'd be like, "Well, what did you do this year, Hayden?" And I'd get all his dirt and be like, "Just tell it to me. We're Catholic. Maybe it's like confession. You just have to purge it." <laughs> and then I'd be like, "I know everything shitty you did this year." And then eventually he was like, "I think Santa's an idiot. He keeps bringing me <laughs> stuff and really I don't change." Yeah. Although I, I have, I will say this though, as much as I did learn a lot, when Ann and I talked about order of kids we'd like to have, I said, here's my thing. I want two sons and then I want to wait two years and then have a daughter and then let my sons know specifically, here is your job. <laughs> so, but yeah, so like, be worried for my daughter who's probably going to completely control me, but whatever. <laughs> All right. What's next? from uh culture wars diplomacy thoughts on wednesday loved but had some flaws i get i haven't seen it my wife loves it i'm hearing great things about it obviously shattering a lot of records i'm going to try to get caught up on it over the next couple of days but i can't give any thoughts on it yet because i haven't watched it yet all right what's next that's it all right oh that's it wow all right guys and that'll do it for today's episode of the John Campia Show, thank you so much for being here and being part of our day. By the way, guys, big special thank you to all of you who sent in those super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Don't forget to come back a little bit later today. I think Jonathan Voico and uh, Robert Meyer Burnett are going to be doing an open mic at wow. 3 p.m. Los Angeles time today. That is going to be 6 p.m. New York time. I am going to be on the road heading out to Las Vegas. Uh, my wife, Anne, always tags along when I go to these conventions and conferences. Now she's got a conference that she's got to go to, and I'm the one tagging along. So we're going to be doing that. And don't forget to come back for the John Campy Show again tomorrow. Uh, guys, while you're here, why don't you take a second, help out the channel, click on that subscribe button, Make just give the video a little thumbs up, leave a comment down below. All these little interactions help push our videos out to a wider audience. So guys, for everybody in the room, the one and the only, the great Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett, our affirmation goddess, Chris Carr, <laughs> our Morbius Minute guy, that's coming soon, Ooh, Ray Aura. Running the show today, of course, Jonathan Voico helping us out. Our new fact checker really is Taylor Gonzalez. Yay! My name's John Campy, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>